Do we have waves? Oh, I was trying to see if the... Oh my god, sorry. Do we have waves? No, I was trying to see if the water noise outside made waves, but it does not. We do have waves, by the way. Cool. Yep, my bad. Sorry. We good. We good? We good. All right. Megan. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Goodbye. Podcast is over now. Oh my god. I cursed you. Oh my god. I blame you <laughs> for your stupid ass dream. <sighs> it's Morgan. It's Megan. And, and we're, we're in. in. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so fucking funny. So for context, I was gonna say that's gotta stay in now. And yeah, for context, I made a joke in the last episode about starting my wedding speech with "It's Megan" and then having waiting to see if Morgan responds with "It's Morgan." And then because I said that and I was coming here, I had a very brief dream the other night of being at the wedding and starting my speech accidentally with "It's Morgan" and then just walking away because I fucked it up and was just like, nope. No speech. No. Nope. And I told them about that last night, and they both laughed and was like, ha, 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 silly Megan. And now I'm like, ha, 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 silly Morgan. <laughs> now I'm like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> that, the second you did it, I was like, ah, I cursed you. God, the horror on my face. <sighs> <sighs> Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> we haven't really felt human for the last little bit, so. Yeah, honestly, this kind of just fits yeah. the way that these episodes are probably going to go, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a an interesting couple weeks. Uh-huh. That's okay, because we're here now. Mm-hmm. Recording a podcast. And we're going to be talking about Avatar. Avatar. These Ooh. sets of episodes were crazy. Yeah, a lot. I feel like we've said that, like, every time we start. Like, the first group was like, wow, that was crazy. And then it was like, wow, that was crazy. And then it was like, oh, wow, that was crazy. And now it's like, oh, Okay, but this is the uh, yeah. first set of episodes that's really been on another level. Like, I think I was trying to explain that to Connor, where, like, the first, literally the first 30 episodes, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is a kid's show about the elements. These 10 episodes were like, this is no longer a kid's this show. This is not a kid's show. This is messed up. This is a show about, like, political disputes and social espionage and... Animal neglect and abuse. Animal abuse. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Ugh. Well, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, yeah. No game today, kids. Motherfucker. Well, you know, there is sort of a game in that it's my turn to do the <laughs> summary. <laughs> summary. So it'll be a game for you fucks to try and understand what the hell I'm saying. But they do, once again, they start very detailed because I started on my computer and then it, I tried to be better this time. So yeah, here's to hoping. <laughs> so chapter 11, the desert. We rejoin the gang with a super unnecessary last time on reminder to break your heart. Mm-hmm. Aang is super pissed and absolutely tripping that Appa is gone and sort of freaks out on top a little bit. Uh, Katara tries to get him to chill out, but he just flips out more, saying that all they care about is themselves and getting out of the desert, and they don't actually care if Appa is okay. Aang takes off to look for Appa while the rest of the gang head off, Katara mentioning they need to get moving because they're the only ones who know about the eclipse and they need to get the info to Bossing Se. 
We join Zuko and a very dramatic Iroh, <laughs> taking a break from traveling on their ostrich horse, who has survived the whole time, by the way. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they are beset upon by Colonel Monkey. It's M-O-N-G-K-E. I'm not going to pretend I know how to pronounce that. And why the G? Uh, it's like mon- oh, monkey. Monkey. Like the, literally when I heard Iroh pronounce it, I was like, cool, I can pronounce that. And now I'm trying again. And it's just like, mm. <laughs> sorry, girl, you have white people mouth. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, a colonel from the Fire Nation uh, who Iroh seems to know. He's kind of a dick. Iroh explains that they are a bunch of specialist mercenaries, but also an excellent singing group. Uh, <laughs> Monkey tells them that they're not there for a concert. They're ha- there to apprehend fugitives. Iroh suggests having tea and then proceeds to kick absolute ass with his ne- nephew. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iroh comments, it's nice to see his old friends, to which Zuko replies, it'd be nice if you had old friends that didn't want to attack you all the time, which makes Iroh go, hmm. Friends that won't attack me. And that leads them on whatever path they're about to go on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We come back to the kids in the desert drinking the weird bending water that Katara carries on her. Everyone commenting that it tastes a little swampy since it was used (laughs) on the swamp guys. Sokka finds a cactus and goes right for it. Immediately starts tripping. Katara cuts him off when he asks who set Toph on fire. Aang is sadly looking for Appa and makes a sick dust explosion that all the other kids see. Sokka thinks it's a giant mushroom and yells to it to be its friend. <laughs> we find two mercenary fucks that were hired by, oh, the two mercenary fucks that were hired by Top's parents uh, in town, and they see a wanted poster for Zuko and Iroh, who just so happened to be walking into a restaurant right behind them. This show is all about cosmic serendipity. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. <clears throat> so they go into a restaurant behind them. Uh, Aang has returned to the group. Everyone is tripping about not being able to find Ba Sing Sane, being lost in the desert, feeling just generally worn out and tired. Katara makes everyone hold hands and starts to literally drag them through the desert as buzzard wasps close in from above them. Why? I don't... The buzzard wasps were so much. Like, the only thing that keeps me calm about bees is that they're tiny. Mm-hmm. I would not want to live in this world. No. They were like the size of hawks. They were huge. Maybe even eagles. Like they were. And like buzzards are big fucking birds. Yeah. And the only reason they're not dangerous is because like they are too lazy basically to attack something that's living. But a wasp. If it had a wasp's tenacity. Oh my God. No. Goodbye. Anywho. uh, The group stops for the night as Katara tries to dole out the last little bit of water to everyone. Uh, Momo attacks the thing and spreads the water everywhere and Sokka starts to cry and Katara is just like bro chill and literally just bends the water out of the sand which is dope Mm -hmm. Uh, Katara comes up with the idea to start following the stars at night since they have a star scroll to bossing say and then rest during the hot day they set up to rest for a little bit Iroh and Zuko meet up to play a game of Paisho. Zuko is super, super annoyed about it. <laughs> the old men do some creepy white lotus bullshit on the board, and both the young boys grow impatient. Bracket Zuko and the other young mercenary guy because they want to attack him. Mm-hmm. We return back to the group as they awake for their next leg of adventure. Aang sees a cloud that he thinks is Appa. Uh, Katara asks him to bend the water out of the cloud, making a comment that he didn't get much. Aang freaks out and is just like, I'm sorry, I'm not a great waterbender like you are. Uh, Toph loses it about not being able to see. The gang is just generally a mess. Uh, back to Iroh and Zuko. Turns out Iroh is some in some sort of cult thing. Uh, he seems pretty high up in it. A whole lot of talk about the White Lotus is thrown around. And he is brought down to a chamber where he goes into with the Paisho player and they leave Zuko outside saying, sorry, Zuko, members only. And Zuko is very annoyed about it. (laughs) 
the kids back in the desert find a ditched sand glider buried in the sand. So now they be zooming. The compass doesn't seem to be pointing north, but actually towards a, lo- a large rock formation in the middle of the desert. They f- enter the large rock in the desert and Sokka starts to eat some random goo from inside the wall and t- says it tastes kind of gross. He is immediately berated by Katara for just coming down on a- off his cactus high and eating random goo. <laughs> also, it turns out the large rock formation is a buzzard wasp nest. Mm. Uh, one of the buzzard wasps, after a bit of a fight, one of the buzzard wasps snatches Momo and tries to fly off with it. Aang takes off after that wasp that took Momo, and Katara helps Toph hit the buzzards with some rocks. A bunch of cool fight scenes ensue. Um, Momo manages to escape the wasp. However, Aang angrily shoots off a blast of air after it, severing his head, mm. and he dramatically falls to the ground. Um, some sand people show up and they start to get a little confrontational with the group. As they talk, uh, Toph is able to peg one of the men's voices as Appa's kidnapper and Aang absolutely tweaks out. Back to Zuko and Iroh. They are helped by the Pai Show player and snuck out of town in flower pots and headed towards Bossing Say. The mercenaries are a little pissed off about it and decide to just continue after Toph instead of these fucks. Um, Toph... We're back to them now. Toph repeats that that is the guy that advised to put a muzzle on Appa, which makes Aang straight up go avatar mode because how dare you put a muzzle on Appa? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Katara, or sorry, Sokka tells the Sand Tribe to run because they're about to get absolutely fucked up by the <laughs> avatar. And Katara manages to bring Aang down from the avatar stage and they hug and cry and it's super sad. Mm-hmm. And that's the first episode. Oh, it was just like feels right off the bat mm-hmm. for the first episode. Like literally it started and I messaged I, Morgan like, why? Why do yeah. we need a r- last time on? Like we know. And like I, <clears throat> from the previous episode with Appa being stolen right at the end, I figured it was going to be bad. But like just the whole time was terrible. I felt terrible for Katara the whole time trying to like keep everybody's morale up. And then literally. like Aang just like basically yelling at her the whole time anyway. Like he's like, what are you doing anyway? And she's like trying to keep us all together. No big deal. It's fine. Like, And then she just keeps moving. And yeah. I'm like, Katara, you fucking strong bitch. Literally, I Katara like deserved a medal for this episode. Yeah, it and yeah, I can't imagine trying to drag four of my friends to the desert when they're all like one's bitching because they're tired and they can't see, the other one's eating fucking cactus juice and whatever. Ang's just pissy, like it's a lot. <clears throat> I would like to point out that you did not mention that not only did Sokka get high off the cactus water, Momo also got oh, high yes. off the cactus Momo water. Momo also got high. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nothing's quenchier. It's the quenchiest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole little trip thing with Sokka, like as annoying as that would be to deal with in the woods, it was super funny to watch. Oh my god, it was him amazing. and Momo were just tripping. Yep, and I loved when Momo put the water in the sand. Sokka was like, "Momo, you've killed us you've all." Killed us all. <laughs> and Katara was like, "Bro, bro," and then just bends it out. And he's yeah. like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, I forgot you could do that." True, 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 true. Um. I wanted to also mention, I think Aang killing the buzzard wasp was his first, like, kill. I have it noted in, so, like, I literally just did my notes, like, in bold yeah. along with it. Uh, Yeah, so it's the first, and so far, even with the episodes that continue after it, the only thing that he's ever actually killed. Wow. Yeah, I don't obviously remember if he kills anything in the last book. That's but, fair. yeah, up until now, and 
yeah. the remaining book. That's the only thing that he has actually killed. And what I thought was so interesting about <clears throat> it was it was it's one thing if you kill it because it has Momo, but like Momo escaped and Momo he looked down at Momo being like, "Oh, you're cool. I'm still gonna kill and this." Yeah, anyway, made the choice to and like you could see. I don't know who the fuck the animators are on this show, but they're incredible. You could see the thought crossing his mind of like, "Okay, Momo's safe. I don't need to attack this thing." But I still want to. Yeah. Like, I want to angrily kill this thing. I think it's just Appa being gone fucked with him so hard. It that speaks he... a lot to his character. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I was going to say, I don't really have many notes about um, the rest of the episode, except um, the Fire Nation fight with Zuko and Uncle Iroh was like... Yeah, their, their fight in the beginning and like, my point about a very dramatic Iroh, they're like riding on the ostrich horse and he's like, Iroh's like moaning in pain or whatever. And Zuko's like, we can stop for a bit if you want. And Iroh's like, oh no, like don't can, don't like, you know, don't stop on my account. And then continues to moan in pain like a dramatic bitch. And Zuko's just like, we're going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to stop. This is the worst. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, Iroh. And then two seconds later, he absolutely cooks us. Like him and Zuko together fighting is so good. Just Zuko and Iroh both are such good fighters in such different ways. And it's really cool to watch. I don't think there's as much growth in this fight as there are in later fights, but it's really cool to like watch them come up with different moves and stuff. And you're like, oh, you couldn't do that before. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Neat. It's real cool. Um, And yeah, I just... Katara bringing Aang out of the Avatar state, like literally going into that bubble and like pulling him down. I'm like, just like grabbing his hand and you're like, that's so scary. Yeah. Like, oh my God. He just turned and like vaporize your face, girl. Ugh. Seriously. Whew. Yeah. And then he just like comes down and cries and you're just like, oh, I have a whole line of crying faces because of that. <laughs> <laughs> a whole fucking line. I was just like, this is so sad. I love it. Yeah. All right. Chapter 12. The Journey to Bossing Say, Part 1. I lost track of, I think it's just this one and then the next one. It's Part 1 and Part 2. But anyways, the Serpents Pass. <laughs> the gang is having a surprisingly chill morning playing in the water. Katara splashes a bunch of scrolls in the library with water, quickly waterbending them when Sokka chirps her about it because they are ancient, ancient scrolls from the ancient, ancient buried library. But what a twist that Sokka's berating her for being like childish and splashing shit. Right. Uh, the group decide to head out, Aang feeling much more optimistic about their situation. They end up coming across another band of refugees, a husband and pregnant wife and their daughter, question mark, question mark, question mark. It's, there's a third person with them. It's literally never clarified who this bitch is. And like, she doesn't like look super young. So if that's their daughter, it must be like that's an adult I, Literally, daughter. I was like, daughter, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, ah, it's never clarified who this bitch is. Nah. She never talks. Like, yeah. she just... Part, part of me just kind of assumed it was someone else that wanted to pass with them and Maybe. they were just like traveling together it didn't really seem like they were much of a family because uh, then yeah later it you know what i mean yeah. they're not all together so um so the gang mentions that they can travel through the serpents pass together uh and the travelers look a little struck they inform the group that there is a ferry that takes the refuges across the water to bossing say as the serpents pass is super super dangerous and mainly patrolled by fire nation people that they don't want to fuck with mm-hmm. Uh, it appears that Zuko and Iroh... Oh, okay, I wrote this before. It appears that Zuko and Iroh are on the same boat as the gang. They are not. They are just already on a different boat. <laughs> uh, we see Jet again on the boat with Zuko and Iroh. Um, Zuko... Or sorry, Jet suggests that Zuko help him steal some food from the captain as they've been eating rotten food basically the whole time. 
I was not expecting to see Jed again. This show is so good for like introducing that one character in that one episode that was like a big deal. And then episodes and episodes later, bringing them back. It does it a lot in this series of episodes, actually, mm-hmm. where like it's like, oh, those characters that you thought were just one offs. Everything's important. <laughs> like <laughs> everything. God. And like, especially in like the next book, like all the nations and stuff start coming together. So like you see a lot of people that you've met before and it sucks because you know all these people and you've seen them from places and you're just like, oh God. Mm-hmm. But that's not the book we're talking about right now. Nope. Um, we see Jet. Uh, we transfer over to customs to get onto the boat and we see another reappearance of the cabbage man trying to get on the boat. He's trying to get on with his cabbages to which the lady says, you are not allowed to bring food onto the boat and a giant platypus bear just annihilates his cabbages and he is sad and leaves Mm -hmm. uh the gang also has issues getting on the boat without passports and also animals aren't allowed um toff ends up pulling mad rank and getting the whole crew on the boat because she's a boss ass bitch but also from a really well-off family Mm -hmm. um some random guard start stops Sokka and starts talking shit to him very confused, typical Sokka, but it turns out that it's Suki, which is weird that I just said that. Suki's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she explains that the warriors left their island to go help in the world, and they ended up escorting some refugees and staying here to help. Uh, then she makes the worst comment ever about why they just aren't flying over to Bossingsei on Appa, and the whole gang is sad. And not only that, they just all like look at Aang. Yeah, like, they're like, gonna Aang? Be on out? and Aang's just like, I'm fine, guys. Like, don't worry about me. And they're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, I must have hit enter. It's it's in like a bullet point form, and I must have hit enter. So I thought they were two different points because it's just someone took all the stuff from, and I was like, who? <laughs> And then the next note is the travelers that traveled with them from before. And I'm like, oh, I'm OK. I must have just hit enter by accident. So someone took all the stuff from the travelers that they met before, the pregnant wife and the husband. Um, and Aang tries to get the mean security lady to let them on the boat, to which she basically just yells at him and tells him to leave. Um, Aang agrees to help lead them through the serpent pass and Suki decides to join them. Uh, the gang head out and start to travel through the treacherous pass. Someone makes a comment about like, why isn't it windy if it's called the Serpent's Pass? Because they see literally the first hill that goes straight up. And then every other shot of it is like stupid, windy, and dumb. And I'm like, you should have shut the fuck up. <laughs> you should have shut the fuck up. You should have shut the fuck up. Um, Sokka starts to lecture Suki. And it's super annoying because he's just trying to keep her safe. But also forgets that she's a literal warrior. He's just mansplaining. I know. And he's just like... We'll get back to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get back to Zuko and Jet sneaking in and out of the kitchen on the ship they're on in a super well-executed heist. Uh, in bracket, I imagine this is what every D&D crew imagines when they try and attempt a cool break, and it never goes that well. But, like, damn, that was that was sly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they feast on the food that they got. Katara and Aang have a little heart-to-heart about Aang having his breakdown, where she asks him to promise to never stop caring and asks him to give her a hug. Aang walks away and says, thank you for your concern. So it's not a great talk. And he, like, he doesn't even just walk away. He stops and bows. Yeah. He and I'm like, like, that's super formal, He's bro. sitting on, like, the, the rock or whatever, and she comes up and, like, starts talking to him about it. She's like, listen, like, I get what you're trying to do, but, like, you, I need you to never stop caring and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, thank you for your concern and bows and leaves. And she's just like, oh, yeah, damn. Rough. And then 
Suki walks up to Sokka uh, and makes a comment about how the moon is pretty tonight. My comment there is just bracket dead bracket. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks him for his concern, but says she can take care of herself and asks Sokka why he does what he does. Why are you the one? Why are you the one? Basically. Uh, Sokka basically explains that he has lost someone he cared about and it's been really hard to accept that he's not going to be able to protect everyone that he cares about. Suki says that she also lost someone, but they're not dead. They just left. A weird conversation ensues of Sokka not understanding that she's implying that he left her and she cared about him. Uh, He eventually figures it out and they go to kiss, but Sokka pulls back at the last second and says he can't, which is super sad. Uh, Iroh is chatting with all the vagrants on the ship. And by vagrants, I mean um, Jet and his friends, Smellerby and whatever the other guy is, because he never talks, uh, about their past and going to Bossing Say for a new beginning. It's a generally happy conversation. Back at the gang, they come across a break in the Serpent's Pass where it is flooded by water. Katara literally splits the seas, and with the help of Aang making an air bubble, they walk through the water, which is the dopest shit ever. Cue the most adorable sequence of Momo swimming in and out of the water and having a great time. The music is really cool. And then something spooky swims by in the water and Momo gets absolutely freaked out and turns out it's a giant water serpent because why would it be called Serpent's Pass if there wasn't a big water serpent involved? Mm -hmm. Uh, The gang starts to try and fight them. Aang advises to distract it while Katara leads the rest of the group on. Toph lifts the group out of the water uh, as the monster circles them, and Sokka tries to sacrifice Momo to the monster. It does not work. Uh, Aang flies off while Katara makes an ice bridge, which is sick and new. Mm-hmm. And then she just skates out across the water like a badass to go help Aang, which I think was super cool that she was like, okay, here's a bridge. I'm going to go help. Mm-hmm. So Sokka starts to get the rest of the group across the water. Um... Do, 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 while Katara and Aang are fighting the big water monster. Toph gets spooked when trying to cross the ice because she cannot see. And Sokka is really, like, adorable and, like, trying to encourage her or whatever. She gets about halfway across before the ice bridge is destroyed. And we find out that Toph can't swim, turns out. Uh, Suki leaps into the water in armor to swim after and save Toph, pulling her out of the water. Toph gives her a quick, a quick kiss on the cheek, thinking that it's Sokka and thanking her for saving her life. When Suki advises that it's actually her, Toph is just like, oh, you can go ahead and let me drown now. Like, that's fine. <laughs> I, I fucking love that. I was just like, yes, girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the gang get to the end of the pass and turns out there's a whole fucking desert between them and the city, but they seem really happy about it. They're like, wow, we're almost there. And then they show the shot. And I'm like, that's a lot of ground to cover still, but OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, wow, like things are finally starting to look up, which cue something to fuck up. Uh, wifey goes into labor and starts having a baby, but it's okay because Katara's a badass. Mm-hmm. Literally, fucking Sokka starts tripping out and fucking Katara's just like, it's fine. Like, I helped Grand Grand deliver a bunch of babies up north and Sokka's like, seals are different. Like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And she's like, I've delivered real babies too. Like, we we're, were the fine. only healers in the village. What mm-hmm. do you think I did, Sokka? Like, it's a very, like, Katara is more put together than you think she is kind of moment. Yep. Um, Jet seems to be suspicious of Zuko. 
that's about it. There's just a quick little shot of him being suspicious of Zuko. I thought he knew who Zuko was, but he doesn't because he's stupid. Well, it's funny. He's like, I know who you are. And Zuko's like, oh, God. And, and then he's like, like, you're like me. And yeah, you're, you're like, a loner. And I was like, yeah, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, the baby is born. Everyone is super excited. And Katara says that it's a healthy baby. Sokka comes in immediately after the baby is born and faints right away. Oh, I'm sorry. It's when she's pushing. She asks him to bring water or something, and he walks in while she's pushing and fucking faints. Yep. Then the baby is born. Mm-hmm. Everyone's all super happy, and Toph is like, oh, are you going to, like, faint again like a baby? And he's like, no. <laughs> uh, Katara goes back out to get Aang to come back in and see the baby. Aang gets super emotional when he sees the baby and regains hope and mentions that he thought he had lost hope, but he still has it. The couple decide to name their baby Hope. And then in brackets, I was like, please don't abandon her because... At the beginning, I'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, Aang has a very cathartic moment that sums up to Katara was right. Uh, he sets off to the city on his glider to hopefully find Appa and get to the city before the group. Suki can't, uh, Suki admits that she came along on the pass to protect Sokka, LOL. <laughs> she says that she's going to head back to the customs place. I don't actually know what it's called, so it's the customs place now. Mm-hmm. Um, she tries to apologize for trying to kiss him the night before, and he ends up kissing her, and then she kisses him back, and it's a really, really cute moment. Oh, it's awesome. I love them. Uh, and then we are about to get our first look at Bossing Say as the city, except no, there's a Fire Nation drill outside that we got to deal with now. Yep. And literally, Aang's just like, sorry, Appa, you got to wait. Literally, you like, he flies up and you like, you see the wall and you're like, oh my God, do we finally get to see Bossing Say? And like, you see him land on the wall and he looks at the city and then he looks down to his side and you see the drill and you're like, oh my God, are you fucked? Like, yeah. God damn it. The worst. Um, the abandon the baby thing, when they first go into the Serpent's Pass, there's a message at the beginning of the pass that says abandon all hope. And then it like, someone makes a comment about like, maybe you have, oh, it's Aang. He's like, maybe you have to abandon hope because like, we need to focus on what we're doing now and does this whole speech. And Katara's like, homie, I get what you're saying, but like, yeah, not great. So then, yeah, when they were like, we're going to name him, we're going to name her hope. I was like, please don't abandon her. Not only that, but like the I think the guy was like, you know, we want something super unique and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and hope Hope. is what you landed with. I mean, all right. Some dude you just met was like, hey, that gave me hope. And they were like, hope, hope. Good, good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Avatar. Goddamn. I mean, that's fair. He is the avatar. But still. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I am obsessed with Katara's hair down. Oh, my God. Yes. She looks like. A fucking goddess. She really does. With her hair down. In the beginning oh when she's water bending and her yeah. hair's all down, I'm like, you are gorgeous. I love you. Yeah. She's just amazing. Yeah. I love her hair. <sighs> yeah. Just so good. I mean, I love the clips. Don't get me wrong. But like. When it's just all down. Even if she, when she still has like the little clips, but the rest of it's down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. So good. So good. Totally get it. Might get in the way when you're bending. But like. Yeah. Girl. Mm-hmm. Lay your hair down. <laughs> yes. Um. Also, when they're about to, like, they're done, like, playing around in the water or whatever, and they're like, okay, no more distractions. Let's go. And then the pregnant wife and the husband come up, and they're like, hey. And then it's like, enter distraction. Enter distraction. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, I love when they're at customs and Aang's trying to get through, and she's just like, well, you can't get through with passports, blah, blah, blah. And also, like, no animals are allowed anyways. And Aang's like, but, like, he's really important to me. And she's like, do you want me to call security? And Aang just looks over at the platypus bear, and he's like, 
no <laughs> no i'm okay yeah i don't i don't need to get the platypus bear involved yeah no it's it's cool it's fine i love that they brought the cabbage man back yeah i so good so good they know that we want the cabbage man oh yeah um my next note was about uh i was just sad that sock is still upset about um i know yeah and like the way he's upset about it because it's not even like oh like i lost a girl that i'd like it's like i couldn't protect someone i care about and i'm having he literally says like i'm having issues coming to grips with the fact that i can't protect everyone yeah and like i don't know how to deal with that and you're just like ah soft boy articulate your feelings more like damn yeah um, I love that. So when they see Suki for the first time in her guard uniform, she's not wearing her Kyoshi warrior makeup straight up. Two seconds later, she shows up in her Kyoshi warrior, full get up, full makeup. And I was like, damn girl. I know. Impressed. Like, I also did not even recognize her without all of her gear. Nope. And then it comes out. She's Suki. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like really weird for recognizing voices. That's fair. So like, I think she started talking. And I was like, oh, hey, like, cool. And it, that comes into play later on also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, when they're in the water and they're trying to, like, get away from the water serpent or whatever, Toph is just absolutely amazing. Okay. So they're traveling on this pass, this mountain rock pass. They go under the water for whatever reason. I Literally, I was like, I why? was like, this is cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, whatever, I guess. Yeah. And then they're underwater and Toph just rock platforms them and jettisons them up above the water. Literally, my note in brackets is, did they forget that they have an earthbender with them? Yeah. Like, she mm-hmm. could just make a new pass. She could make it taller so that the surface not a de- like. Yeah, I get there's limits to bending, but I feel like there's limits we're not exploring yet. Well, in in the next episode, t- like there's something else that I really like that Toph and Ang do. And I'm like, dude, she totally could have made a pass that was she's higher. Such, like she's so hardcore. And the show likes to repeatedly remind us that like these kids are way more powerful than anyone, including us, ever gives them credit for. Definitely. So like, yeah, I feel like they definitely could have done that. Mm hmm. And also, yeah, when Suki mentions, she's like, oh, like, the moon is pretty tonight. And just Sokka's just like, yeah, it is. And you're just like, ah, yeah, I want to die. I don't like mentions of the moon in this no, show. I it's, hate it. It's terrible. Especially like, of course, you have to make some. And because he's just sitting there like at night, like looking at the moon, all sad and stuff. And then she just walks up like, oh, the moon's pretty. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I want to die. Not cool. Uh, oh, when Iroh and Zuko are chatting with Jet and Smellerby on the, the boat or whatever, and Iroh, this is actually really interesting that the show came out so long ago, because Iroh incorrectly is like, Smellerby, like, that's a weird name for a dude, and she's like, yeah, because I'm a girl, like, fuck you, which is also kind of a weird name for a girl, but whatever, we're not going to address that. Yeah. And she, like, storms off and whatever and gets mad about it. And then the other, the third guy that they travel with, I don't know what his name is, but he doesn't actually talk. Yeah. But he goes and he follows after her and he's like, hey, man, like, calm down. None of this is actually spoken. It's all implied. I was going to say, he literally just gives her a look and she's like, I know. Literally, <laughs> I put it in brackets. She's like, I know. As long as I'm confident in who I am, it doesn't matter what people think because I know who I am. And I was like, wow that's really relevant yeah like okay sure mm-hmm. i was just like oh and i just appreciated that it was kind of like a, a gender thing where like he misgendered her and she was like no fuck you and then yeah. it was like it doesn't matter but yeah i liked that for sure 
um, Katara and Aang are a power couple. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, them fucking that serpent up, bruh. Her just like skating out onto that water was like, oh, you couldn't do that before. Mm-mm. Water bending master Katara. She really mm. is. It's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They. Again, I'm stuck on like I really can't explain the fight sequences to mm-hmm. you because they're just too amazing. I was gonna say if you don't even watch the whole episode, just go and at least watch the fight sequences. There's got to be a super cut somewhere of just Deaths. all the fight sequences, which I kind of want to watch now to just yep. watch the progression of their fighting. But whatever. Yeah, that's fine. And then I'm happy about Sokka and Suki. I like them together. Yeah, they're they're cute and like it's cool to like have the woman be like oh, like, sorry for trying to, like, push it too far or whatever, and him being like, no, like, that's cool. Yeah. Very cute. And mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, like, not super obvious, but, you know, consent. Consent is key, guys. Yep. All right. Chapter 13, the drill. Enter big ma- big drilling machine thingy. Uh, on the inside, we are shown, for the first time in the series, the epic three-bitch throne, because Azula... Even though she's a total bitch, is like, hey man, if I'm gonna be on this throne, so my bitches. I love that. Love it. Uh, Aang flies back to the group to tell him about what he saw. Um, the the gang flies back to the city. Uh, he brings them to the top of the wall where they meet a bunch of security people. They claim that Aang's help is not needed. Uh, the guy seems super dumb. I didn't get his name, or if I did, it's further down. Uh, but basically, he's just like some Earth King general guy who's an idiot. And he's like, we don't need your help. Uh, As generals are in this show. Yeah. Literally all the like, Higher why up, are all the military yeah. leaders fucking stupid? I know. Whatever. This the show speaks a lot to like, hey, just because you're in a position of power doesn't mean you're fucking smart. Mm-hmm. Um, he sends the Terra team to deal with the drill, which is apparently some sort of specialized Earth team force. Terra means Earth. Yeah. In- so they're just like earth team yeah cool Mm -hmm. all right uh my little next point is literally just it doesn't work (laughs) 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 it doesn't work um when they were because they were like bending rocks up near the drill or whatever and i was like do they think that's gonna work because the drill is quite literally made to drill through the rock wall yeah they were trying to like stop (laughs) the drill from moving forward but it was like it was clear that they had very specifically designed this to like, it was cool that it had the little brakes that like move forward and then like the rest of the machine pulled up after it was yeah. kind of like a weird worm. Yeah. It was super weird, but it was super neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work. Azula sends out her bitch gang to deal with the Terra team. Uh, Ty Lee continues to be an absolutely horrifying force of nature with a few punches and completely disables the entire Terra team within a few minutes. Uh, May does nothing, but looks scary. Literally, I, I have in caps, Ty Lee fucks people up. Ty Lee is, like I said, an absolutely horrifying force of nature in this world. Like, yeah. In Love a world it. where bending is like the kind of the end all be all of like powerful people and she can just come up and be like, jab, jab. And yeah. like, now you don't have your shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Um, the group finally recognizes Sokka as the idea guy, but also the complaining guy. Mm-hmm. And ask him to come up with an idea to help with the drills. We go to Zuko and Iroh, who are now trying to get through customs, and Iroh 100% flirts his way into bossing Say, which is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Because he's not, like, a typical character that you would think, like, flirts their way through everything. But people love him. Oh, yeah. This lady, like, is so into it. She's just like, oh, yeah, you can go through. 
Literally anyone. It's like Iroh can charm anybody. He's very charismatic. Oh, yeah. And if it's not like charisma stuff, it's like sweet old man charisma. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yeah, fine. Um, Katara reviews the soldiers and advises that their chi is blocked in like a medical bay type thing. Uh, the soldier recounts two girls attacking them, and Katara immediately recognizes these attacks as Tylee's attacks, and you can tell she is stressed. Uh, the gang has the idea, for whatever reason, to take it out from the inside. Their train of thought is a little disjointed, and then Sokka's just like, I have an idea. Someone says something about pressure points, and then Sokka's like, let's take it out from the inside. And it's not super clear, but they have a plan now. I just thought that was so smart. Yeah, I was just like, okay, cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there are no doors on this. You can just free jump in from the bottom, I guess. So Toph gets them in underneath the worm drill thing, uh, and the gang just jumps in. Uh, Toph stays outside to try and fuck it up from the outside. Basically, she slows it down a little bit to give them more time. Um, Sokka decides to break a pipe in one of the engineering room and lures in engineering and Katara freezes the steam escaping from the pipe to capture him, which I think is the coolest shit ever. Just instantly like freeze. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take the schematics from the engineer and realize that there are two layers to the drill, an inner and outer layer that are connected by support beams. Uh, these beams are insanely thick, but they think that if they cut through a few of them, they may be able to break the machine. Jet makes a proposal to Zuko um, and basically tries to get him to join his quote-unquote freedom fighters that he's still not in but is totally in. Um, as he's talking to Zuko, he notices that Iroh is heating up his tea in the background mm-hmm. because he was given cold tea, and that's blasphemous. And, like, yes, it is. Yeah. It, You're was- serving cold tea? Like, I paid for that. Oh, this wasn't the episode where he said it, I don't think. But there's an episode where he's basically like, best tea? That's the coldest tea I've ever had. Oh, no, I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. Because he's like, best tea in Bossing Say. And he's like, oh, right. fuck yeah. And then he tastes it. And he's like, more like the coldest tea in Bossing Say. Okay, so it was his episode. And yeah. then that's what, so he heats it up. And it's the most, oh, whatever. We'll get back to it in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the gang finds one of the beams and start to cut through it with water, which takes them forever to cut through one beam and yeah it doesn't really do much um they cut the one beam and start to try and figure out another plan at that time the drill starts to shake and vibrate like viciously and the gang thinks that they have succeeded in their mission and they start to leave turns out that's just the drill making contact with the wall and it has started drilling through as there's an announcement over the PA system that they have apparently set up in this drill yeah. <laughs> to be like, yay, we made contact with the wall, which is like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, the inside of the drill at this point begins to fill up with rock sludge debris from the drilling. The show is very obvious about pointing out that this is a thing that's happening now. So you're like, oh, this thing is just full of rock now? Neat. Mm-hmm. Um, Tylee, well, the girls start chasing after the gang. The gang splits up. Azula goes after Aang, as per usual. And then Tylee and May run after Katara and Sokka. So many names to keep track of. Yeah. Uh, Katara and Sokka jump into one of the sludge pipe thingies. Um, May refuses to jump in after them, which is stupid. And you continue to prove that you're useless. And Tylee is just like, well, Azula told us to follow them. So I'm going to follow them. And she jumps in the slurry pipe because she's a badass. Yeah, I hate May. Um, yeah, I just mm. 
Uh, Azula and Aang start to have a sweet, sweet fight. Again, I can't really explain that to you. Um, Aang is convinced that if he can get to the top of the drill and make like a big impact that all the smaller cuts that they have made the rest of the time will be worth it. Um, Katara and Sokka make it out the like ass end of the drill and realize that the sludge stuff is coming out. They see Ty Lee start to come down after them and Katara is just like, nope, and backs the sludge back up into the thing where they realize that, hey, if we keep the sludge backed up, it'll probably build pressure. Aang and Azula continue to fight on the top of the drill. Um, Aang is water and earth bending, and Azula is still holding her own against him. Like, she is getting a lot thrown at her, and she is still kicking ass, which I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they both almost fall off when some of the slurry starts to come out on the drill, but Momo comes by and just, like, helps kind of upright Aang, and he's just like, thanks, buddy. And mm-hmm. it's a really cute little second. Um... Aang gets a, oh, sorry, at this point, Toph has now come back to the back of the thing, realized what's happening. He's like, hey, I can earthbend while you waterbend and we can just fuck this shit up. So they're just really plugging that hole up. And poor Ty Lee is just stuck in there. I was like, I can't imagine what that feels like to have like the water and earth being pushed back at you. But then also, I feel like she should have been crushed to death, but that's not an argument for right now. Yeah. Um, Aang gets a rock. Oh, Aang asks the general to stop throwing rocks which he then proceeds to tell them to continue throwing rocks because he's stupid. Yeah. They throw a rock down and Aang's like, oh, this is actually exactly what I need. He cuts it into this sweet, oops, this sweet like peg thing to stick in the X that he has cut on the top of the drill. He like air bends up the wall, does this sweet little like flip around turn and then just starts to like jettison himself back down, which is like the coolest shit ever. Mm-hmm. Um... The, like, he he hits it. Azula almost takes him down with some firebending, but he hits the peg just in time and knocks her back. The fucking machine gets absolutely wrecked, of course, but it has still penetrated the wall, technically. Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, Bossing Say is penetrated. <laughs> um, Jet is getting super heated about Zuko and Iroh because he thinks they're firebenders. His gang tries to tell him to leave it alone, but... Um, Meet up with the vagrant couple on the train in Bossing Say. I'm assuming that's like the pregnant wife and her husband. I guess so. Seems unimportant. At any rate, he's super mad and is like they're firebenders and wants to accuse them of it. And Smeller B is just trying to get him to leave their life behind. Yeah. Um. The gang, the kids celebrate defeating the drill and stuff. And uh, Sokka tries to make team avatar happened yeah and wow was that ever a mean girls reference if i've ever seen one i don't know which one came out first but boy yeah so good Stop trying to make team avatar happen Sokka. <laughs> it's not gonna happen yes uh yeah and that's the episode they fucking break up the drill and that's that yeah um i don't have a ton of notes for actually the next two I don't have like a ton of notes for but they were just really I found this was really like story heavy Mm -hmm. and it was just like you know a lot of stuff that needed to happen yeah but the few notes that I do have so not only does the gang get back up to the top of the wall to look at the drill Toph literally firebends a huge rock to bring everybody up and Mm. Aang airbends them on that rock Mm -hmm. so Toph is keeping the rock stable and Aang's fucking airbend I'm like 
You Why guys aren't are, you flying around on rocks? You guys are fucking amazing. Like, it's actually crazy. Oh, I just thought that was awesome. I literally made the mind-blowing emoji. I was like, <laughs> I cannot with this. So smart. Um, It made me super sad when Aang originally flies back to the group to tell them what happened. And the husband and wife are looking at each other. And the wife is just like, we made it to Bong's... Ugh, we made it to Ba Sing Se and we're still not safe. No one is. And you're just like... Yeah. I mean, kind of. Like, your whole world's in a war right now. Right. But anyway. Yep. Um. And then, honestly, most of the other notes that I had, we already talked about. I only have one at the very end. Um, but, like, the fights in the drill were awesome. Sokka was super smart, um, thinking of, like, getting it from the inside. And then I loved when Aang, like, told the guys to stop throwing the rocks. And then one appeared, and he's like... This is actually what I needed for this once. This is actually what I needed for once, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I have one more, but if you have any between then. Uh, not really. I was just really excited about Katara freezing the steam, escaping from the pipe to, like, trap the guy. Like, that's just... That is really cool. No one's safe in a world of benders. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god. Nope. Um... So then my, my last note was just when uh, Sokka was trying to make, like, the team names or whatever. I loved the Boomer Aang squad. Boomer Aang squad. And he's like, get it? Because, like, it's Boomer Aang. And Aang was like, oh, I kind of like that one. And Katara's like, shut the fuck up. Like, Literally. And I was like, Aang, I fucking like that, too. Like, like Boomer Aang. Right. Like but then you're like, oh, Boomers. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Still liked it, though. Oh, well. But yeah, that's all I got for that one. All right. Chapter 14, City of Walls and Secrets. The gang make it to Ba Sing Se. We got our first look at the city and it is beautiful and massive. Mm-hmm. Like on the scale of cities in this show, like it's huge. Yep. Uh, Toph clearly does not want to be here. Uh, as the group enters the city, Aang sadly blows the whistle again. His little bison whistle. Mm-hmm. That he's, he just blows it every so often and hopes that Appa hears it. And it makes me really sad. Makes me super sad. And then my next note is literally just, oh, the creepy lady. And then in brackets, I was like, Judy, because I forgot about her. Fucking love Judy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she introduces herself and says basically that like she knows who they are. They have a house set up for them and everything. Sokka is super excited at first because he's like, oh, good, a person to get us to talk to the king. Uh, but she is definitely not listening to him and just wants to take him on a tour. And Sokka just gets super annoyed because this lady won't listen to him that it's super dangerous. Um, Iroh is getting flowers for the new place. He's just in a shop getting some nice little flowers. And he got them new jobs at a tea place. <laughs> and then Jed is following them and being a salty bitch. Yes. That's really all it is. Yeah. Uh, Judy shows them all the crazy, creepy bullshit going on in the city. <laughs> the crazy, creepy bullshit. Yeah, I'm not going to specify because, like, there's a lot of weird shit going on in the city. They basically just take them. It is very, um, class divided. So it's like a three, there's, I guess, four walls. There's the outer wall. There's the first inner wall that separates all, like, the refugees and the lower class citizens. There's the mid-level, and then there's the upper level, and then there's the palace. Mm-hmm. So, like, the sections of the cities are straight up separated by these huge walls. And all the kids are like, this seems weird that you just put all the, like, people who are worse off, like, far away from all the good shit. And she's just like, oh, that's just the way the cities run. Ha ha ha. And so they're like, okay, but, like, whatever. <laughs> okay, but, like... Uh, Iroh starts his new job with Zuko at the tea place and is offered some tea and he gets very insulted and says this tastes like hot leaf juice to which Zuko replies tea is hot leaf juice uncle (laughs) 
God. That was my first note from this episode. <laughs> that's all that's all the tea is. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Uh, and then he starts to help make the tea. Iroh does, not Zuko. Uh, the gang learn about the Dai Li, which are the cultural authority in the city that, quote, protects their traditions. It is super creepy when she tells them about it and definitely a little sus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finally arrive at the Avatar's new house and Judy informs them that their request to speak to the king has been processed and they should be they should be able to speak with him in about a month. The gang freaks out and says, a month? And she says, six to eight weeks, actually. And I'm just like, lol, business. <laughs> a month. Well, actually, it's six to eight weeks, but... Mm-hmm. Um, the the gang starts to try and travel around the city to get some information. We are shown a cat owl, which is the coolest thing ever, I think. Right. Um, as they try and ask around in the city for what's going on, every time they ask a question about the war or anything that is going on outside of the city, Judy gives whoever they're talking to a really creepy look from behind them and they clam up and don't say anything. Uh, eventually they are left at their house alone and they try to talk to the guy across the street from them who claims to know nothing. Uh, once Toph admits, once Toph says that she can tell that he's shaking when they mention the war, he admits he just doesn't want to get in trouble and tells them not to mention the war in the city and to stay away from the Dai Li. That's super suspicious. Mm-hmm. Jet is still spying on Zuko and Iroh. Iroh is super annoyed that Zuko doesn't want his tea. Uh, and Iroh goes out of his way to get new spark rocks for the tea because Jet has stolen his in an attempt to make Iroh purposely firebend. So they are back at their house. Iroh is making tea and he's like, oh, where are our spark rocks? And Jet, Jet's like, I fucking stole them because I'm a smart guy. <laughs> and then Iroh just goes next door and is like, oh, our neighbors let us borrow their spark rocks. They're very lovely people. And then makes tea and Jet's like, meh. Mm hmm. Uh, Katara wakes up the next morning and literally gets like a morning paper from outside of the house. Like she stands on the porch and stretches and grabs like a paper that's been delivered um, and finds out that the king is having a party tonight for his pet bear. Not a platypus bear, not a skunk bear, not an armadillo bear, not a gopher bear, just a bear. Which they all seem very confused about. They're like, that's weird. Yeah, they're like, this place is fucking weird. And you're like, what the fuck? Like... Yeah, they all seem so hard. very confused that it is just a bear. Mm-hmm. Um, they all say that they want to go, but then Toph starts to chirp them about not having any manners. The boys try to prove they have manners, but immediately act like idiots. Um, Toph mentions that Katara could probably get away with it, but the boys would be better off trying to pass as bus boys. The boys are playing rock, paper, scissors with elements, which I really want to know how that works so I can play it. Right. Um, and the girls get dressed up. Oop, and go to the party and Aang is all like you're beautiful and Sokka's like shut up yeah <laughs> oh and then so Aang comments or compliments Katara and she goes to respond and Toph is just like no no don't speak to the commoners like that's your first lesson you don't speak to them yeah which is so funny um they say that they are going to go to the party and try and let the boys in from the side Jet is still being creepy and Smellerby calls him the fuck out on it and says that they just wanted to start a life over there uh, Jed is clearly holding on to some shit and says that he'll leave them alone and call the police once he finds the evidence he needs, but he just needs to find the evidence. Smellerby is clearly annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Iroh is living his absolute best life running a tea place. He is having a great fucking time. Yeah. Uh, Jet finally gets frustrated and just busts in and accuses them of being firebenders with no evidence. Everyone thinks he's super, super crazy and Zuko and him proceed to fight with swords. 
because he thinks that threatening them will make them firebend. And Zuko's just like, oh, bitch, you want to fight? And pulls out the one sword and then pulls it into two. And he's like, let's fight. And you're just like, yes. Um, the girls get into the party because boys are stupid and easy to manipulate. So it seems at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, turns out it's an actual bear. Legitimately. Just a cute little bear. He's got a cute little outfit on. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually a comment made because there's people sitting at the table with the bear and the bear's just like eating all the shit on the table. And then one homie's just like, the bear's eating everything. And the other guy's like, dude, I paid so much money to get tickets to sit near the bear. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> and you're just like, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That's like when you pay a bunch of money to get tickets to Hell's Kitchen and they're mm-hmm. like, man, we're not even eating anything. And it's like, I paid so much dude, money. I paid so much money to be here. Shut up. Yeah. Like to listen to Gordon Ramsay yell. Yeah. You get to be in close proximity to Gordon Ramsay while he's yelling you shut the fuck up yeah that's why i hate people who go to hell's kitchen and complain about not getting their food i'm like homie have you ever watched this show right i would fully expect to go in there and like maybe probably not get dinner i actually looked into getting tickets one time and they give you hard well not only that but they actually say like when you book there there's like like a waiver that's like we might not actually feed you they they advise to eat something before you come just in case Like, not anything big, but they're like, no. don't come starving. And, like, because it's you may probably, not like, eat. a three or four hour filming thing. Like, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> Anywho. Um, the man who helped um, Katara and Toph get into the event, uh, they go to leave him. And he says that it would be dishonorable to leave the girls without helping them find their family. And so they set off to, quote, unquote, find their family, which is super awkward and creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys finally get up and try to plan and sneak in as bus boys because there happen to be some bus boys at the side. Uh, Zuko and Jet's fight continues in the street like a proper T-joint dro- brawl should. I was going to say bar brawl and then I was like, well, I guess it's not a bar. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, their fight continues in the street like any good bar brawl would. Yep. Um, the Aang and Sokka manage to make it in and find the two girls. They are totally dressed as bus boys. Uh, they make a comment that the girls make a comment that the person who let them in is creepy and will not leave them alone. They then run into Julie. Wait. Judy? Yeah, I don't know why I wrote Julie. <laughs> Anyways, they then run into Judy, who freaks the fuck out and is like, we need to leave now. Like, you guys can't be here. Oh, my God. And, like, it's very clear from her demeanor change that, like, they should not be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bear seems to be having a great time. Bosco. <laughs> is one of my notes. Bosco. Yeah, you don't know his name yet, but the bear. Yeah. He's so cute. Um, back to the bar fight. Jet continues to accuse them of being firebenders. And basically all the citizens just band together to protect the greatest tea maker in the city because they don't want to lose their tea maker. And Jet ends up getting arrested. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, the quote unquote king is brought into the party in one of those i don't know what they're called the little carry box fancy things that kings are carried around i don't know that starts to come in the room and the group gets excited thinking that the king is coming into the room um and they start to try and get close to it but the gang is all snatched up by those creepy uh earth bending gloves that they have which i think are the coolest thing ever yeah definitely uh the group is snatched and the head of the daily basically confronts Aang at the front of the party and tells him to come with him to talk and that his friends are already waiting for them. And Aang's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So they go in to talk to this guy in this really, really creepy room. Uh, His name is 
Long Fang, I'm pretty sure. I get it later. At this point, I just kept saying the head of the Dai Li. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells them that the king doesn't really do anything, and he's mostly just kind of a figurehead in the city. He doesn't really get involved in politics and everything, and basically doesn't know about the war or anything that's going on. Um, we go back to Jet. Uh, sorry, as the head of the Dai Li is talking and basically explaining that the king doesn't participate in what's going on and that, like, they don't deal with the war and everything, we're shown this really creepy scene of Jet basically being hypnotized to not remember there's a war. So there's, like, this circle track with, like, a candle on it and some dudes sitting in the center and he just keeps saying, like, there's no war, there's no war. And, like, you can tell as it goes around that, like, it hypnotizes him, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um... Eventually, the head of the Dai Li basically tells him to fuck off because they keep saying that they they want to tell the king about the war. And he's like, if you do, I'll fucking kick you out. Like, I don't give a shit. And gosh, wouldn't that suck since you're looking for your fucking bison thing? And Aang's just like a little sus because he's like, oh, like not many people knew that I was here for that. But then also there's that part that's like, fuck, I don't want to get kicked out because I'm still looking for him. Yes. So the gang kind of deals with it and they go back to their house. Where they receive a new Judy. A different lady shows up claiming to be Judy and doesn't seem to really recognize that she's not the same person. And the gang is like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's where that episode ends. Yup. Again, not many notes about this one just because this was very like, wow. It was a lot. I was not expecting mind control Mm -hmm. to be part of this. Um, we talked about almost all of my notes already. The hot leaf juice, all the hybrid bears. Literally, that was my note, like, in bracket was listing them. And I just love how she's like, yeah, party tonight for his pet bear. And Aang's like, you mean platypus bear, right? And she just looks at the flyer and she's like, no, bear. And uh, Toph is like, like, armadillo bear. And mm-hmm. Sokka's like, skunk bear. They just keep throwing it out. And she's just like, no, it just says bear. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just a bear. Just a bear. Um, when the boys finally got into the party, um, and then they're like busboying or whatever, they accidentally, um, get one of the guests wet. And then it's yeah. like, oh shit, I got this. And like air bends her dry. And then they're all like, oh Whoa. yeah, that's what it is. They're like, is the, like, we didn't know the avatar was here. Yeah. And that's when Judy starts to freak out. I was going to like, say, oh my God, like you guys need to leave. Fuck. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't be here. And that's when he, and then he's like, I'll distract them. You guys figure out a way. Yeah. He's like, I'll distract them and starts doing more avatar shit. And you're yeah. like, hang. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should not. In a world where like, I'd say probably 60% of the people would like to kill and or capture the avatar. You don't do a great job of hiding yourself. Nah. Maybe you should not wear air nomad clothes, but that's just a thought. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Mm-hmm whatever mm-hmm. uh yeah that was my thing that was basically it for that one yeah chapter 15 the tales of bossing say i love this one so this is cut up into a few different little tales of people doing things to the city this is all my notes about i have a lot of notes about this wow one. it's it's a big and like for such a it starts out pretty like easy going mm, yep. but then like it very quickly goes from there um, so it starts with the group getting ready in the bathroom. Uh, proof that Aang actually shaves his head. He's yep. not just naturally bald. He mm-hmm. is shaving his head. And like, to be fair, if you had a magical arrow on your head, you'd probably shave Right? It if too. I had cool tattoos. Yeah. Like, yeah. And also like that actually is, I'm pretty sure like a monk tradition that they shave their heads. because no body hair to take care of. Yeah. Um, Toph is just basically drags herself out of bed. 
Katara suggests a girl's deal with Toph, who seems less than thrilled about it. They go to, literally, it's called the Fancy Lady Day Spa, which I love. Yeah. Uh, The girls have a great time at the spa. Uh, At first, Toph says she doesn't want people to touch her feet, and they do a whole feet grinding service, which she seems to not like. But then they start to mess around, like, in the mud, and she earthbends the mud mask and freaks the lady out. And Katara and Toph have a great time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, as they are walking away, Toph starts to talk about how she actually had a really great time and it was nice to spend a little bit of one-on-one time with Katara, to which she agrees. And then they are immediately made fun of by some dumb bitches. Stupid, stupid bitches. And, like, Toph is made fun of. I know. They're like, wow, nice makeup for a clown. And Toph's like, what? And Katara's like, no, like, don't pay them any mind. And then they like, keep talking. And then Toph ends up turning around and just straight up boops the fucking bridge away and drops them all in the water. And Katara's like, lol, yeah, sucks to be you. And then they walk away. And Toph basically talks about how, like, that's why she likes that she's blind, because she doesn't have to worry about what appearances are like and stuff. But you can tell it's that, like... It's what she tells yeah, herself. Yeah, it's what she tells herself. Like, she doesn't have to worry about it. And Katara sees through it. As she does, and is like, well, like, I know you say it doesn't matter to you or whatever, but I think you're pretty. Mm-hmm. And Toph's like, I'm pretty? And she's yeah. like, yeah, like, you're really pretty. And it's just such a sweet moment between them. You're like, Katara. I love Katara so much. <sighs> she's such a sweet, sweet girl. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so that's their day. Yeah. Then we go to Iroh. <clears throat> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to not cry talking about this. This is terrible. So Iroh's day starts... He's at like a market or something. You're already crying. I know. I'm I'm (laughs) just thinking about it because it's like the worst thing ever how they set it up to be like this sweet little hook. I can't. (laughs) So he's at a market. He's buying some flowers and some guy's like, oh, like get some lavender or whatever because it's like romantic. And he's like, oh, it's not a romantic picnic. It's just like a special occasion picnic. And you're like, okay. And basically the next five minutes is just Iroh walking around town being the super sweetest guy. He's planning a picnic. There's a kid that's crying that he plays this song to called Little Soldier Boy, which saying Little Soldier Boy makes you want to die. Literally, um, I was like, this song is so sweet. And then I started listening to the lyrics and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a really sweet song, basically about like a little soldier boy and like their parent wants them coming home. Um, he finds some kids playing soccer in an alley and they break a window and he's like, it's like always best to admit your mistakes like before rather than making excuses. And then the guy comes out and he's huge and he's just like, um, maybe in this case you should run though. And then they all just take <laughs> off. Super, super cute. Um, he almost gets mugged in an alleyway. And instead of like freaking out or anything, he helps the guy figure out his stance because he's like, oh, you're not going to mug anyone with that stance. <laughs> Shows him his stance and then just like talks to the guy and offers him tea and like gives him life advice. And the guy's like, you think I'd be like a good masseuse? And I was like, yeah, like you can do anything if you believe in yourself and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, you know, like I always believed I could do it. But like everyone else always told me I was chasing like a stupid dream or whatever. And I, I was like. It definitely is most important to believe in yourself, but sometimes it helps to have someone believe in you too. And you're just like, ah. yeah. And then no. he walks up a hill in Bossing Say to this really, really pretty tree and it's sunset and it's really, really nice. And he's setting up this cute little picnic and he lights a candle and then it shows a picture of his son. And I don't even remember what he says, but he's just like, happy birth i think it's his birthday and he's just like happy birthday son like i miss you and then he starts to play the soldier boy song but it's so much sadder and he starts crying halfway through and you're just like 
dead. Literally, I was oh. like, ugh, I'm dead. Yeah, and it's just, it's rough that it's so wholesome and it shows you, like, this super jovial side of Iroh and then you're just like, it's because he lost the son. <laughs> it's just, you, you kind of forget because he doesn't really talk about it that much and whatever. The only sliver that we got of, um, sorry, the computer's doing something weird. What was that? Some updates could not be installed because GarageBand did not quit. Quit GarageBand and try again. No. Oh, no. Oh my God, what is happening? Cancel. Okay. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. Okay. Anyway. The only indication that we got of Iroh losing a son was that flashback from when the kids were younger and they were Mm -hmm. like, oh no, like his son died and now he's coming back from the war. And then they don't talk about it again. So like getting this like actual present day Iroh still sobbing over his dead son is just too much. Like it's awesome. Like in a terrible way. I don't think I wrote it down, but it... It speaks a lot to Iroh's character because in that flashback, it's just the letter of him being like, hey, we lost some people. I lost my son. I'm coming back. And Azula's like, wow, like he's such a baby for coming back from the war just because he lost his son. Like, what the fuck? And then when they get to Bossing Say, he like gets inside the wall and Iroh's like, wow, like I never thought I'd be here. I always kind of pictured that when I got to Bossing Say, it would be as like a conqueror. And now I'm here as a refugee. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like... Just like an interesting little thing that he throws out. And then you see that. And I feel like that's one of the times where you really realize how much that changed his character. Yeah. Because he was a conqueror. Like he was one of the biggest conquerors out there. Yeah. And I don't remember if they ever get into like how his son dies. But just the fact that it happened changes him so much that he's just like, no. Definitely. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It's insane. Ugh. Yeah. All of my my explanation is just a bunch of crying face emojis. Yeah. Cool. The tale of Aang. We started a, za- a sad zoo type place. Uh, Aang meets the owner and he explains that the Dai Li isn't giving him any money because the kids aren't coming, but the kids aren't coming because it's gross and dirty because he doesn't have any money to upkeep it. What a twist. Yep. <laughs> Capitalism at its best, y'all. Um, Aang says that he... Oh, they meet a rabbit... A rabaroo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the owner makes a comment that he would like to give her the nice green pastures that she'd prefer, but he doesn't have the money or the space. Aang suggests just releasing the animals into a pasture, and the owner is like, um, like, how would I transport them, though? And Aang's like, oh, it's okay. I'm great with animals. It does not go great. (laughs) It seems like he straight up just opens all the cages and lets them go. So the animals all start terrorizing the city. The rabbaroo fucks up the cabbage guy it's so funny and he goes to be like my cabbage and then the rabbaroo just like looks him dead in the eye like sorry whose cabbages yeah and the cabbage guy's just like okay whatever he's like oh forget it yeah forget it and he just walks away (laughs) you're like lol and the rabbaroo's like nice and just starts snacking the cabbages again yeah um eventually he decides to try and use appa's whistle which is too effective and the animals all start to chase after him uh, as they run towards the gate, they convince the guards to open the gate at the very last minute, and the animals just kind of stampede through. At this point, I was like, so you're just going to let them go? Like, what the fuck is your plan here? Mm-hmm. And then Aang comes in like a bad ass and just bends out of nowhere these huge, like, rocky, like, fences, basically, but, like, makes them out of earth and water bending and air bending stuff this huge pasture and environment 
so fucking cool. Yeah. Your whole city is earthbenders. Yep. Why could no one do this? It's free. Seriously. It's free. It costs no money. Yeah. What? And like, to mm. be fair, if they weren't as talented as Aang, it probably would have taken a long time. Aang did it in like but 15 they have a whole seconds. city. <laughs> I know. A whole city of them. Yeah. Like, damn. I know. It's crazy. <sighs> Anywho. Uh, guards open the gate. Aang makes a cool animal pen. And a bunch of kids instantly show up. Yeah. Kids are like, yo. Oh, and then in a in brackets in bold, I'm like, this is a town of earthbenders. Yeah. God damn it. Cool. And that's the end of his story. Uh, Sokka's tale. Sokka is traveling through town at night when he come ac- comes across a poetry leading, reading by a pretty lady. Uh, <laughs> he watches in the window, but is eventually accidentally pushed in and the girls freak out. He makes a rhyme and the girls laugh about it. This other like higher up looking bitch. They seem to be some sort of like poetry club or something. It's kind of unclear. Um, she stands up and starts to like basically insult Sokka through haikus and Sokka starts to fight back and actually ends up winning their little haiku battle, which is super funny because she's trying to use like really high up language and stuff. And he's just like skibbity boo bop my boomerang and fucking wins. And all the girls laugh like a bunch of bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, Sokka wins the battle. And when he tries to deliver his final poem about how he socked that other lady, everyone stares at him with blank faces and a huge like bodyguard dude comes up and he's just like, that was one too many syllables, dude. And boots him the fuck out. Yep. And you're just like, lol. Like, one syllable. And they're just like, nope, goodbye. Mm-hmm. That's all Sokka's story. He just finds some pretty ladies and is it's comical. Right. Zuko's story. Ugh. So Zuko is in the tea shop working. He points out to Iroh that he thinks uh, someone might suspect them of being Fire Nation because they've been hanging around the tea shop a lot lately. He points over to a girl in the corner. Iroh implies that she just has a crush on Zuko, uh, and Zuko ends up getting asked out by her with a little bit of help from Iroh. Uh, Zuko has a date! Uh, When they go on the date, they start at dinner, and she asks him about what his life was like before Bossing Say. He lies and says that he worked as a traveling performer and juggled. She's instantly very excited and says she's always wanted to learn and asks him to teach her, but he ends up breaking everything and is just like, oh, haha, I haven't practiced in a while. And she's <laughs> like, that's fine. Um, she asks him if she can take him to her favorite place in the city. I wrote that really weird. Uh, as they walk, she tells him about the fountain that they're going to and how the lanterns around it reflect on the water in such a beautiful way that it looks like the fi- the water is lit up by fire. But when they get there, all the lanterns are turned out, basically. They're off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuko asks her to close her eyes and lights all of the lanterns and gets her to open her eyes again. And she's so excited. Romance! Mm-hmm. Uh, they start to talk a little more and he almost gets a kiss from her and then instead gives her a coupon for a free cup of tea instead because Iroh suggested giving her a coupon, I guess. Um, she says she has something for him too and then kisses him and then he kind of kisses her back and it's cute, but then he gives up and turns and leaves like an angry white boy that he is. Uh, he gets back home and Iroh totally waited up for him to see how his date went and he's like, how did it go? Mm-hmm. And Zuko comes in and slams the door. And I was just like, oh. But then Zuko, like, just peeks out the door. And he's like, it was nice. And you're just like, oh, Right? Zuko. Poor so boy. cute. <sighs> and now Momo's tail. Momo's tail. <laughs> this poor sweet boy. Literally, oh. I went into Momo's tail 
thinking this is just going to be a super cute, cute little, little animal. Especially because, like, it was, like, fun Katara and Toph, kind of less fun Aang, kind of I mean, funny Sokka. Fun it was, Aang. like, fun, but it was it started sad because he's still looking for Appa and whatever. That's fair. And then we got to Momo, and you're like, oh, cute. Like, what's Momo up to? Momo's sad. Super fucking sad. Momo misses his friend. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So we start with Momo having a dream. He's eating from a fruit tree with Appa, and it's really, really cute. And he's, like, feeding Appa He's, the like, fruit. feeding Appa. And it's just a really sweet moment. And then Appa suddenly roars, and it turns out that it's thunder from a storm that wakes uh, Momo up. Uh, he starts to smell Appa's fur and finds a chunk of fur ra- in, like, their, their baggage, baggage and stuff. He then wraps the fur around his arm and ties it to keep it on his arm. And at that moment, he sees a cloud that looks like his friend. And this sort of leads to him chasing after a few different clouds and like trees and stuff that look like him. And it's super, super sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my my brackets note is continues to do so with his sad little pea brain. <laughs> Poor boy. Yeah. Uh, eventually, he attracts the attention of literal alley panthers very confused about what mix i guess is it just like a panther and a domestic cat i'm thinking so but i love them what the fuck i want a fucking panther i Street mean panthers you have one it's true <laughs> all right fair enough <laughs> fair so uh the alley panthers are like oh snack and start to chase him Ooh, snack Ooh, snack <laughs> Um, there's this whole chase sequence, which you're just the whole time like, Momo, no, Momo, no. I'm like, oh my God, just fly away. But then they swat him out of the air and you're like, no. Uh, eventually he tries to lose them in a crowd and gets thrown in with some dancing monkeys in, uh, town. And he actually does very well. Mm -hmm. Gets some money thrown at him, does a little dance. Um, eventually the Panthers do show up again and they find him, uh, and they're all caught by what seems to be animal control at first. And Momo is sat in his cage and just rubs his friend's fur on his face because he misses him and it's really sad. It's super sad. <sighs> and then it turns out, oh my God, never mind. It's not animal control. It's a butcher, question mark, question mark. Um, so Momo immediately is like, um, fuck this. Figures out how to get out of the cage and goes to leave and then sees the sad alley panthers in the other cage and decides to free them and now they're pals yeah they're like super best friends and they're like hanging out on a cliff together just like chilling watching the sunrise Mm -hmm. uh and then one of them steals the fur off his arm and runs away and you're like you fucking son you give it back (laughs) they lead him to an oppa print but i don't think momo realizes it's an oppa print they just kind of like leave the fur there and he finds it and he just grabs the fur and curls up in the rain and cries and in the oppa print. print you're just like momo literally my notes for that was i started at first like oh my god he's feeding up oh my god and then i just stopped and i was like i'm just going to sob for the rest of time it's fine like that's literally what i wrote i was like i can't with this it's so fucking sad Ugh. like ang being sad over it is one thing but little I was going to say, like, obviously I knew that Momo was also sad about Appa, but, like, because he's an animal and can't articulate that verbally, you're like, okay, like, whatever. It's obviously sad. He's making his little sad noises. But to actually get inside his head and, like, watch him dream. See how sad he is about missing his friend. And, like, if you think about it, when they're separated in the secret tunnel and they meet up, they, like, get super excited and immediately yeah. go to each other and start, start chirping. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh. I know. My heart. My little air nomad gang. They're so cute. I can't with them. 
Are you um, sure you can't with them or the next episode? Okay, stop. We're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm living for the girls' day in this episode. The girls' day fucking kills me, especially because, like, when you first start to see it, they, like, go to the salon and she's like, I don't want people touching my feet. And then they immediately t- fuck with their feet. And you're like, oh, no, like, Toph isn't going to enjoy yeah. this. But then they go to, like, the mud bath and she does, like, the funny little May mask. And then mm-hmm. Katara sees and you think she's going to be like, hey, man, stop. But then she laughs, too. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's cute. And then they just, like, goof around and it's super cute. Yeah, no, I love it. And, like, Katara makes a comment about, like, it's about time that, like, we spent some time together. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, you guys have mm-hmm. been traveling together for a while. Like, yeah. it's about time you guys got some girl time. Legit. Like, when boys when katara goes to wake uh top up and she's like you're not even gonna like wash your face or like get cleaned up at all like you have dirt everywhere <laughs> i think she says something about along the lines of like it's just like ground she's like you guys think it's like dirty or whatever i just call it a healthy coating of earth healthy coating of earth that was what it and was you're like yeah. that's the same thing top yeah <laughs> and so katara's like we need a girl's day and i was like fuck yeah you need a girl's day hell yeah you do <laughs> Um, I'm skipping over the Iro notes because we already talked about them and fuck that. Um, I loved Aang transporting the animals. It that was, was so cute. Super hilarious. However, I'm a little bit like, okay, so the bison whistle now works on all animals. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just like an animal whistle. And now I'm like, well, it was specifically a bison whistle. And why, when they used it before, did no other animals ever come to it? Like, I don't know. I'm a little like, that was kind of a cop out. But like, whatever. It's fine. There's definitely some plot holes that they're like, eh. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Yeah, and making the rock enclosure was amazing. Like, it was a beautiful zoo, too. I was like, damn. Like, that's literally, it kind of reminded me of the Toronto Zoo, Mm because the Toronto Zoo has, like, huge enclosures for the animals, so it's almost like they're in the wild, but they're not. Yeah. It's like, that's what it reminded me of. Um... Iroh doing Zuko's hair for his day. Oh my god, yes. And he shows up and she's just like, wow, your hair. And he's like, it took my uncle 10 minutes to do. And she just like messes it back up again. Like, no, no. Yeah. That's so cute. And like, just to think about like the pep talk that Iroh must have given him like while he was doing his hair. Right. I love Iroh and Zuko so much. I love them too. And then when Zuko, yeah, like led the girls to the paper lanterns. And I'm like, you are so cute. Oh my God, I can't. And like like, lit them all up. I was like, "Ah." well, and at first I'm like, he's not really into this date. I think he's just going for like something to do. And then you see he makes that and I'm like, oh, he's so into this He's so into this. He's just awkward and he doesn't know, like he he doesn't know how to deal with affection. He really doesn't. My poor, sad, angsty boy. Yeah. Ugh. And then, yeah, they go to kiss, and he's just like, here's a free tea coupon. Yeah. My uncle suggested I give it to you. <laughs> and she's just like, the fuck? Yeah. I have something for you, too. It's a kiss, like a regular person. Yeah. I was like, oh, poor emo boy running Aww. away from the kiss. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, just Momo. I also loved when Momo let the Street Panthers out. They were just, like, cuddling I on know. the rooftop after they watching the so sunrise. Cute. I was like, oh. That's why I was just like, and now they're pals. Yeah. <laughs> they're super chill now. Yeah. And they so looked cute. so sad in the cage. Mm-hmm. You're just like, Momo, help me. Yeah. <sighs> oh, boy. Chapter 16. <laughs> Appa's Lost Days. I have so many notes about oh, this one. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay. I'm going to try and get through this. The, the very first note for this episode is, oh, Lord, here we go, friends. <laughs> we have to watch that scene again. That scene being where he was taken from the the sand like, library did thing. Did we really have to do that? Nope. We really didn't. But here we are. So they strap him to the sand gliders. They literally just drag him across the sand. Like, have you ever been dragged through the sand? Because it sucks. 
at like You've a regular through not like sand? by a car or anything but like someone's like pulled me or something like yeah. through the sand and like it's gritty Ooh. i can't imagine just being dragged at full speed through yeah anyway uh eventually they stop when they're far enough away and they try to go through up a saddle a few of the sandbenders or sand people i guess they're earthbenders whatever uh are a little apprehensive but one of the guys is like "Matt, he's strapped down he's fine Appa sneezes and straight up launches one of the sand gliders into the doom bracket, the one the gang finds later, which is super funny. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so many connections in this episode. I'm um, like, bruh. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, all they find in Appa's saddle is like a bunch of random gear and shit. Um, he, they bring him to some other traders or whatever to be sold after, as they're making the deal, Appa smells Aang somewhere and starts to absolutely trip, literally flying away while connected to the sand um, just, gliders. I was like, you just said it. I literally, <laughs> I was like, I just said the word two seconds ago. Uh, sand gliders. And apparently I couldn't think of it here either because I wrote sand things. Yes. <laughs> Which is why I needed to think of the word. So thanks for that pass, Megan. Um, and the sand people end up tranking him. The last thing he sees is the huge dust cloud that Aang makes when he frustratedly slams the sand for not being able to find Appa. And uh, he hears some dude saying that they can maybe sell him for parts. Mm. My fucking heart. (sighs) He wakes up to some dude basically lecturing him about behaving like a wild animal and says that he'll break him. Uh, This seems to be like some kind of game to this guy. He basically starts to starve Appa. He's in a room filled with all these other, like, huge exotic beasts. The guy brings over a cart of cabbages, and, like, Appa's like, yo, cabbage. I don't know what the deal is with feeding everyone cabbages in this, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy doesn't give him any. He goes over to some buzzard big thing next to him, and he's like, oh, are you hungry? Like, great, but you'll need to learn how to earn your food. And he starts showing Appa that the other buzzard things are doing, like, tricks for food. As that's happening, Appa airbends and sucks some cabbages into his mouth because he's a fucking sky bison and he can airbend. Yep. Whatever. Um, but once the guy sees this, he whips Appa with his fire whip and sets his cage on fire. And it's very scary and sad and I don't like it. No. Poor Appa. Super fucked up. Um, eventually, we see Appa again looking very sad and lonely in his cage. Uh, Some kid walks by the tent that he is in and sees him and instantly falls in love. Duh. He decides to help Appa get some food before the circus guy comes in and chases him off and says to Appa that he has to perform tonight. There's like an argument between the two guys. There's like some head guy, I guess. And he's like, I don't care how dangerous he is. You need to fucking he's performing tonight. Um, They bring out Appa in a ridiculous costume. He looks so stupid. Um, he tries to do the tricks, but he's also a little disobedient. And every time that he does something disobedient, the crowd laughs. The kid encourages him to run and Appa tries to jump up, does a couple tricks, and then eventually decides to fucking fly off. Like, eventually he just says, fuck this. I'm wrecking your shit and gets out of the circus. The guy tries to, like, whip him and, like, bring him down and stuff. And Appa's just like, fuck your shit. I'm getting out of here. Fuck your costume. Flies off. Mm-hmm. He's definitely crying as he flies away. Like, they show a shot of his face and, like, 
he's crying. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not fair. And my note is, he's definitely crying as he flies away. It's okay. So am I. <laughs> yep. Mine was, he got away, but he's all sad with yeah. a bunch of crying he's emojis. He's all sad because he's scared. God. He flies all the way back to the library to look for them and starts digging in the hole where the library is now and gets super, super sad when he can't find it. Hungry boy starts walking around the desert looking for food, chomps a cactus, and just, like, screams. I thought he was going to get high from it, honestly. I was like, no. That's true. No. Uh, Then he catches the scent of the gang again and chases after it straight into a buzzard wasp nest. Uh, They chase him out, and he is very scared, but eventually he realizes that he's covered in honey and eats some of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we find him flying again, looking very sad and tired and hungry, and he ends up finding a farm and a barn. He starts to eat some of the hay and then just crashes hard. Mm-hmm. <sighs> he has dreams of being a little baby bison in the air kingdom and meeting Aang for the first time, and it makes me want to die. Yup. It's so cute. It's adorable. They, like, give the little airbending kids apples, and they're like, be careful. Like, the, a sky bison can be a companion for life or whatever. And Aang walks up and feeds him the apple, and his words verbatim are, I guess this means we'll always be together. And you're just like, ah! <laughs> Okay. Yeah, cool. Cool. cool, cool. Um, it then shows, it, like, shoots over to Aang in real life, and he's, like, together forever, implying that they're having the, the same, same dream. dream. At the same time. I'm not okay. <sighs> Anywho, Appa is woken up by the farmer, and his wife walks in with a torch, and he freaks. This poor boy is so scared of fire now, and he ends up breaking their barn and flies away. Um, he ends up flying over Iroh, um, and he, Zuko is like, what was that? And Iroh lies to him and said it was nothing, and just kind of, like, gives a little smile as, like, he flies away. Okay, I actually wrote down, like, did Uncle Iroh actually know that was Appa? Oh, yeah, he saw, because there's only, as far as people are aware, Sky Bison are extinct. The only one that's that's around still that they know of is Appa. So, like, he saw that and was like... But, like, my thing was he kind of looked a little bit, like, confused and, like, weird when he... Like, it almost sounded like he heard Appa, but then, like, caught him as he was going away. Like, I'm not... That's why I wasn't 100% I think he sure. was more... I don't think he knew that it was just Appa. I think he saw Appa and assumed that, like, everyone else was with him. And he was like, if Zuko sees this, he's going to freak out and try and fair. attack him. So I think he was like, oh, 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 no, it's nothing. Yeah, fair. Okay, okay. Mm. Um... Oh, uh, so eventually Appa crash lands in a forest and starts munching on some grass, but then he gets attacked by a really big pig. I think it's a porcupine warthog or something. Cause he it up, looks like a warthog. He ends up with like spy, like little spines in his fur. So I think yeah. it's like a porcupine warthog, but he's huge. He is really... way bigger than a warthog or a porcupine. Yeah. So I don't fucking know. I don't know either. Um, they fight for a little bit and it's super, super epic. And Appa fucks that pig up. Appa fucks everyone up. He's like, like bison are big, scary animals. I can't imagine one that big and yeah. like with the ability to airbend. No, thank you. Um, the poor boy looks so ragged at this point. His fur's all messed up. He's covered in spines. He's dirty. He's tired. A big boy just wants a nap. And he finds the spot where the pig came from, which is like this little, I don't know, alcove built yeah. thingy. 
And he just curls up and sleeps for literal days. I think it shows that he's asleep for like two days or something. Mm-hmm. And then we find the Kyoshi warriors. Uh, they are berry picking and they end up finding some fur. Suki sees the fur and knows that it's Appa and goes off to find him. She leaves some food in front of his napping spot and says she'll be back with some help. He's so scared and like crawls out for the food. And then like when they come back, he's super scared. And oh my God, it just breaks my heart. And then Suki finally walks up to him and like convinces him to trust her. And like she puts her hand on his nose and he just instantly like leans into her and is like, I want to die. Yeah. Uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) He just leans right in once she touches him. I want to die was literally my note. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nothing if not consistent. Yep. Then fucking Azula shows up. Almost goddamn lizards. Yeah. Um, I think it's really funny because they're like, oh, who are you? The Avatar fangirls. And then like two seconds later, Tylee's like, oh, huh, I get it. Like, that's funny because they have fans. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, Tylee, <laughs> you beautiful bitch. Uh, they start fighting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Suki tries to tell Appa to leave. He tries to come back to help her and she scares him off with a torch because she knows that he needs to go find Aang. And the show make a point to not tell us how that fight ends. It shows a cool shot of Azula and Suki going at each other, but they are very specific about not telling us how that fight ends, which I hate. I hate. (sighs) Appa eventually travels and travels and travels, and he goes back to one of the air temples, and he ends up finding a different person there. He gets super excited and then realizes that it's not Aang and is very suspicious of him. It turns out to be a guru who seems to have been expecting Appa, and he just lies on the ground until Stoppa, until Stoppa. <laughs> until Appa stops growling at him and falls asleep. Uh, he moves closer to Appa and starts inspecting him. He says that mere, a fear has moved into Appa where trust used to be and that he had a vision of helping him and Aang long ago, which is why he came here and he's been here for a long time waiting for them. And you're just like, wow, okay. But like all of his talk of like fear has moved in where trust is, like you're all twisted up on the inside. You're just like... I'm pretty sure also this takes course over like six weeks, I think the show says. It's a long time. Because when the show starts, it's like however many weeks ago goes back to the same thing. So I'm pretty sure it's like six weeks or something. I didn't catch the actual timeline, but I know it's a long time. It's a decent amount of time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a long time for Appa. And like considering what the gang gets done in this time, like, yeah, it's a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, Appa eventually wakes up and follows the trail of food left for him to find the monk. He has bedhead, and it's super cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Appa eventually trusts him enough to let him attach a message for Aang to his horn. It seems like this takes a couple days, but the guru is super patient with him. Uh, the guru claims that he can find Aang using Appa's energy because they are connected and sends him off to Ba Sing Se. We are shown a shot of Appa hearing a whistle and getting excited and flying off to the city towards it. We are then shown a shot of Aang asleep with Momo and the whistle next to him. And you're like, um, pardon? We are then shown a shot of somebody else using a different whistle. It's that fucking Dai Li fucker guy, Long Fang. Mm-hmm. And he lures Appa down and traps him. And that's where the episode ends. And that's ends. where the episode ends. It like goes to end off on such a good note. And it's just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. This episode fucked me up. It's so sad. Like, I know that it's sad every time, but just, like, the little details. Again, I don't know who the animators are. They're so good 
at not having to use words to communicate what's going on. Definitely. Like, you can see that Appa develops a fear of fire and that, like, Mm. it's a super big thing to him now. And, like... Yeah. And, like, just thinking about him, like, helping Aang with the Fire Nation Uh later. Goddamn. Um, Okay. We could sell him for parts. Oh, my God. Fuck you guys. Fuck that guy. Um... I, I, it was so heartbreaking that like Appa and Aang were so close so many times and just missed just each other. Just missed each other. It's actually heartbreaking. It really is. Um, the fact that they bring Appa to like a circus, fuck you guys. And like, it's something that you don't really think about. Cause like when the mo- when the show starts, you're like, oh, all these cool animals and stuff. But then this kind of shows you like, yeah, with cool animals comes animal exploitation like yeah that's just the nature of the world and you're like fuck yeah um the fact that he like the dude literally set Appa's cage on fire mm-hmm. like and they never actually show him like putting it out no either. he just whips the cage and at first you're like oh fire whips but then he whips the cage and it literally sets on fire and you're like oh my god and Appa's like fucked up about yeah. it like it's messed up poor boy um I also loved that, like, while the dude was like, hey, look, you got to do tricks for the cabbage. Appa was just like, hey, cool. I'm just going to suck up this cabbage. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I love that. Appa's like, mm, nah, 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 ain't about it. <laughs> um, When Appa's forced to perform and he's, like, trying to figure out how to leave and he sees that little kid in the stands and he, like, <sighs> compares him to Aang in his I mind. Oh, the little laugh. You're like, no. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. It's bad. And I'm pretty sure the kid says something after, like he says like go or something. I'm pretty sure he's voiced by the same person that voices Aang. Yeah. Like it, or either that, or like they had Aang voice him for Appa to be like, oh my God, that's Aang. Oh my God, that's Aang. I need to listen to him. Yeah. Like it's, it was brilliant. And like, it's super cool when he is performing because you can tell with the shots, like from his perspective that like he's. He wants to perform to get this guy to fuck off, but like obviously he doesn't. And like mm-hmm. every time he fucks around, the crowd laughs at, like laughs with him. And he's like, "Oh, like this is good. Okay, the people like this." But then this guy freaks out, and you can tell it's just this very confusing series of events for him to be like, "I don't know what the fuck you people want me to do." Yeah. And then the little Ang boy is like, "Just leave," and he's like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> cool, bye." Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, he fucking tail flipped that motherfucker. Oh yeah, like flips him out of the tent. And then he's just like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, not only is he crying when he flies away, but he still has the chains on his feet. Yeah, he keeps the chains for a while. I'm pretty sure he doesn't get the chains off until the Kyoshi Warriors show up. Seriously, it's messed up. It makes me happy that he can still fly with the chains, though. But it yeah. makes me so sad. I know. Um, and yeah, that means that whole time that he, like, was fighting that pig. Like, he was restrained. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Oppa's fucked. Like, in a great way. Um... I already said I thought he was going to get high from the cactus. Um, so funny. I literally was like, oh my God, he got to the buzzard wasps. And then I was like, in the same note, I was just like, okay, I should not have been worried. Oppa's a boss and just yeah, fucked them all up. Just it's, fucked them all up and was like, eat shit. Literally. I was like, okay, whatever. It's fine. And like how he just blow, blew them down and then they all got up and they were like, well, fuck that. And just yeah. flew back to their nest like, damn. Yeah. Like, okay, fuck. Fucking airbenders. I cannot with Oppa's dream. The fact that they showed Aang having the same dream fucks me up so hard because the show talks all the time about how connected you are to people. And it actually kind of gets to that later in that like everything is connected. And like when the guru is like your spirit is so strongly tied to Aang's that I can find Aang through you is like 
Ugh, what yeah. a loyal pet. It's ugh, fucked up. And I mean, they were frozen together. Mm-hmm. So it's like they have a bond that no one else understands. It's oh like God. Appa grew up with Aang. Yeah. And like Appa is a little baby. Oh my God, the baby bison. I can't. I can't. And like they look so small. And then Aang walks up to him and he's still like huge compared to Aang. Oh, yeah, and no. I'm just like, I want a baby bison. I know. I want one so bad. Um. Um, we already, I already asked about Iroh. I'm so glad Iroh was just like, nothing, go back to sleep. <laughs> um, When Suki finds Appa, I was like, <sighs> oh my God, thank God. But also like she goes out to him and he's like, what the fuck? So she yeah. like leaves the food and she's just like. <sighs> I remember watching that episode like, and I'm pretty sure I worry about it every time because she's like, stay here. Here's some food. I'm going to go find help. And you're like, oh no, what's going to happen before you get back? Oh no. But yeah. then she makes it back and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and like it's so cute how she's like, so guys, I know him. He's not usually like this. He's, He's very been through a lot. Yeah. Like, give him space. Like, yeah. it's just so sweet. And when she goes up to him, she's like, like he's getting like nervous about all the yeah. people. So she's like, give him space. And then she goes up alone and she goes, Appa, it's Suki. Remember me? I'm like, a you friend. know me. I know Ang. Like, yeah, I want to help you get back to him. And, and then he- as soon as she says Ang, basically, he's like, okay, okay, it's fine. It's fine. And then yeah, the way he just like leans right into her, I was like. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dead. And then they all clean him up and he's looking like yeah. actually nice and happy for the first time in weeks. And then and Azula like, shows up and you're like, fuck off. Yeah. God. It's, it's bad. And okay, so I just need to talk about Suki waving him off with the fire for a minute. Oh, and I'm going to try really hard. Heart. I'm going to try really hard not to cry because when I was watching this episode, I had texted Megan and was like, I'm just going to be crying through this whole thing. I was pretty much crying through the whole thing because... Ever since I was, like, younger, I can't deal with, like, animals being sad or hurt or, like, whatever. And, like, I texted Megan and I was like, I cried in Air Bud when I was younger. (laughs) I remember that. And, like, I didn't explain it because I specifically wanted to explain it here. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So, like, I was so fucked up over animal things. And, like, for the most part, my parents and, like, my family, they could understand why. Because, like, there was this one movie about, like, two brother tigers that got separated from their mom. And then oh, my God. Like, I think I remember that movie. Yeah. So, I remember what the fuck it was called, but I yeah, remember it. I think it was, like, two brothers or something. Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, cool, an animal movie. And then the first 20 minutes are just devastating. They get separated and you're like, Ugh. Yeah. And I sobbed and she was like, okay, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Um, I cried in King Kong because they want to, like, kill him when he's climbing the tower and And stuff. And you're like, he just wants to live his life. Literally. Like, it's just like, my mom's like, well, okay, I get that too. (laughs) But then Air Bud happened and they were like, okay, girl, I don't get this. What are you even crying at? (laughs) It's because the little boy who owns Air Bud is just so mad at him and he goes, go away. I don't want to be with you anymore. And I'm like, don't get off your dog. Oh my God. Air Bud just wants to love you. I can't. So, like, oh, my God, the fact that, like, that an owner or, like, someone that really cares about the animal does something specifically they know to hurt the animal and the animal just doesn't understand why. Oh, my God. It just kills me. It fucking kills me. And Suki, I know she's doing it for the right reason, but I just can't. It's too much. It it hurts so bad because it's there's a moment where he she's like, go find Aang. And he's like, yes, I will leave. And then he turns and he sees her in trouble and he's like no I need to help yeah. and then she starts waving at him with fire and he's like wait 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 like I thought yeah, we were fine what I, the fuck and then he just flies off and you're like I'm sorry I know it's <laughs> I just I can't it's too much it's too much and that's it's all I can say yeah um but then he finds the guru I loved with the guru how like they were both just staring each other down for like days literally and like the guy <laughs> just kept like mm, like looking up and opposite just like mm. 
and he's like, all right, I'll lie back down. Literally, he's just lying down, and then it's like, oh, we good now? No, okay, nope, all right. I'll just lie back down. Uh, yeah, eventually he falls asleep, and he's like, ah, good. Yep. <laughs> I knew you'd fall asleep eventually. Yep. Um, and yeah, like you said, like, he, like, checked, like, um, Appa over and, like, could, like, see his feelings. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, you used to trust people and now you don't. And I'm just like, you're just filled with fear. <laughs> like, you've been through a lot. You're just like, yeah, he has. He really has. Poor boy. And then, of course, the general dude had a whistle. <sighs> and of course he traps Appa. I can't. Like. I can't. You're like, yes, he's finally getting home. And you hear the whistle and you're like, <gasps> Yeah, he, and like, cause you know, it's something he's been doing the whole time. I was time. gonna say they, the show's made a point. So your brain to show doesn't Aang. question that the whistle is randomly happening, but then it shows you that shot, and your brain's kind of like, wait, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? And then that happens, and you're like, no. And then when they trap him, it leaves the footprint that Momo ends up sleeping in, and you're like, he was so close, so fucking, he was close. so close to finding him. Oh my god, yeah. And it's... like that means that the Alley Panthers must have like just caught his scent or something, and. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. That episode's a lot. Megan and I got together yesterday and watched the last episode because she, like, I ended up watching them before and she's like, yeah, like, we might have to watch a couple more than just the last episode. And I was like, that's fine, but you have to be past Oppa's Lost Days. Mm-hmm. I cannot watch this episode again. Cannot do it again. When I just watched it. Every I time can't. I rewatch the series, it gets to that. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, I'm not rewatching that episode for a long time. There's a lot of memes about Oppa's Lost Days where it's like, I'm like a grown adult. I don't, I think that was the one where it's like, like, I don't remember what the fuck it was, but it's like, I'm a grown adult. I don't cry when like I watch TV shows and the four little pictures of it are just from Appa's Lost Days. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <sighs> Chapter 17, <laughs> Lake Laogai. <sighs> yeah. So Sokka has worked really hard on some posters to help find Appa, but Katara and Aang ended up finding a printer to make some. <laughs> they start to spread Appa's flyers all over the city. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that was a weird hiccup. I, like, felt it coming, and I thought it was going to burp, and then it was a hiccup, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Iroh and Zuko are working at the tea shop, and Iroh is low-key getting poached by a guy who offers him his own tea shop up in the upper ring. Iroh gets super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, he accepts the offer for his own tea shop after a little bit of bartering back and forth with his current employer. Um, I also forget that the names they were given were Lee and, like, I don't remember what... Um, Iroh's full name is, but they call him Mushi, which is super annoying because... Really close to Mushu. Well, and Mushi was the nickname that Maverick had secretly given to Mushu because she asked to give him a nickname and he said no, and she definitely referred to him as Mushi all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... That's rough. Iroh. <laughs> all the people, it had to be Iroh. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I accept the job. Uh, Zuko finds a flyer for Appa... And starts to look above for the avatar. Uh, because he sees the flyers falling from the sky and is like, no one else will be able to drop those from the sky. Yep. Uh, Ang arrives back at the house and says that he has dropped all the flyers and asked if someone has come by yet. Katara's like, fam, it's literally been a day. You need to relax. Someone knocks on the door two seconds later and Ang's like, wow, that was fast. And the OG Judy shows up. Uh, she says that she took a vacation to Lake Laogai. She forbids the gang from putting up posters Aang yells at her, and she, like, freaky is like, you are not allowed to put up posters. And you're just like, what the fuck? And Aang's basically just like, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do what I want. I need to find my bison. Don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aang is like, fuck your rules, blah, blah, blah. Toph's like, oh, sweet, we're not following the rules anymore, and just blows a hole in the side of the house for fun. Right. Which is the best. Literally, I'm like, 
okay, but also that's your house. Like <laughs> she's just like Woo! And blows a hole in the side of the house. Yeah. Um, we see we shoot to Judy being lectured by Long Fang uh, about not keeping the group in line, and she is very clearly distressed and is like, "I'm sorry, but like I can't do anything." Uh, he then rehypnotizes her by inviting her to Lake Laogai. This seems to be the trigger for whatever creepy shit they're up to. Mm-hmm. Iroh is fantasizing new names for his tea shop. Zuko mentions that the Avatar is here, and Iroh says that he just seriously needs to drop it because they have a chance at a new life. Zuko gets mad and says, this is the life you want, maybe not the life I want, blah, blah, blah. He leaves. Uh, I don't remember what the second name he came up for it was, but the first one was Jade Dragon. I think it, the second one was like something weasel. I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, it was, it was dumb. super funny. After yeah. like Zuko left, he's like, oh, the something weasel. And you're just like, no. <laughs> no. Um, Katara is walking through the city and Jet shows up and offers to help her. Katara immediately attacks him. Good girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, after pinning him and he drops his sword thingies. Uh, the rest of the gang catches up. He claims that he is there to help them find Appa, but Katara does not believe him. Toph confirms that he is not lying through the vibrations in the ground. Um, uh, Jet brings them to the, like, warehouse, basically, that he thinks that Appa was being held at, and they get told by the man that works there that the beast was brought to Whaletail Island, which is basically back at the South Pole. The gang debates for a bit about whether or not they should stay here or go find Appa. Aang is very clearly wanting to go find Appa, and the gang agrees that they need to go find him first. Mm-hmm. Jet says that he'll go with them, and they're like, uh, fine, I guess. Sure. As they walk through the town, oh, Jet says he'll go with them, and they're all like, what about, like, your gang and stuff? And he's like, I love that all behind, blah, blah, blah. And Toph's like, yeah, he's not lying. <laughs> As they walk through town, Smeller B and the other guy catch up and reveal that he was arrested and a whole conversation includes where Toph confirms that neither of them is lying, which means that they're both telling the truth that they think is the truth. And for some reason, again, Sokka is brilliant and immediately is like, oh, he must have been brainwashed. If like it's a truth that he thinks is true, but isn't true, he's probably brainwashed. Yep. So yeah, Sokka's just brilliant. Amazing. The return of the blue spirit. I knew you'd be fucking stoked. I love that thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. He just returns. They show like a very quick shot. And they're just like, blue spirit. <laughs> He's looking for the avatar. Um, they We go back to the group and Jet. They are basically trying to break his hypnotism by making him remember what the Fire Nation did to his family, which, yikes. Yikes. They're like, just like, try and remember like what happened to your family. And then he closes his eyes and envisions it. And like, they're just burning his house down and shit. And it's crazy. And he's just like, I'm sorry, like, I can't, it's too hard to think about. And Katara's like, yo, maybe I can help. And, like, water bends his temples to help, like, unlock those memories, sort of, which is some way cool shit. I thought that was, like, crazy. Super cool. Yeah. And, like, it kind of makes sense because, like, water has memory, haha. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that healing focus would kind of help direct you through your mind almost i don't know it's just really interesting to think about mm-hmm. um the group eventually figure out that lake lao guy is basically a hypno center um they end up finding like jet remembers where it is and whatever they go to the lake top confirms that there totally is a path underneath which they are able to find uh and they walk past a room filled with judies being programmed which is the creepiest thing ever yep. oh my god Welcome to Ba Sing Se. Like, 
super scary. Yeah. Um, the show makes a pretty good point of making it look like the group is about to find Appa. We shoot to Appa and his door opens, but it's actually Zuko. Zuko finds Appa first, which is like, eesh. Um, Jet ends up leading them to a different, similar room, which is a trap without knowing it. LOL. Um, Long Fang and the Dai Li end up sort of cornering them. Um, they start to fight. Long Fang runs off and Aang and Jet chase after him, which turns out to be like a secondary trap, question mark, question mark. This dude is fucking dastardly uh, because Long Fang triggers Jet's hypnotism again by once again inviting him to Lake Laogai. Um, turns out Iroh followed Zuko the whole time. Iroh shows up where uh, Appa is being held and literally begs Zuko to look inward and ask himself what he wants and who he is and what he wants to do with life. Uh, Aang tries to trigger Jet out of the hypnotism uh, with memories to help him break the Lake Laogai command, which he ends up doing. Um, and he gets really fucked up. Like, really fucked up by some Earth shit. I think he gets, like, crushed a little bit. He, like, it's weird because the scene is, like, um, like, Jet is trying to, like, attack the general instead of Aang. Like, he gets out of it and he's, like, He, like, oh. turns around, right? Yeah, yeah, he turns around to, like, attack him and then you just see a bunch of dust. And when the dust clears, you see this big rock that's, like, come from the general like, over to Jet so you can realize there's, like, a big impact. He just, like, Yeah. And he's just, like, flat out on the ground. Yeah. Um, the rest of the gang catches up and Katara is reasonably enough worried about Jet. Jet says he'll be fine and that they need to go off and find Appa. As they leave, Toph reveals to the gang that he is lying. Um, Momo flies up to reveal that Appa has escaped and has a knack for vengeance. Oh, wow. A lot more happens after this. Basically, they they get out. They get up to the top. They're cornered by the Dai Li and Long Fang. Uh, in like some walls, basically they've cornered them in, which I don't get because Toph is also still an earthbender, but whatever. Uh, they get back together and they're about to like get really fucked. And then Momo flies up and is all excited. And everyone's like, what's up with Momo? And then Appa flies out and just absolutely wrecks shit. And yeah, it has a knack for vengeance and just like picks Long Fang up by his leg and like whips him into the water. And it's like, eat shit. Yep. And now the gang is back together. Woo-woo. Whoop whoop. Um, we then shoot back to Iroh. He reveals that Zuko let Appa go and they let the mask of the blue spirit go into the water. Mm-hmm. Seemingly letting the blue spirit go. Yep. Um, okay. So, um, I don't know if anything really is sus about it yet, but the fact that Iroh was offered his own tea shop made me really sus. I don't know. Just like randomly this guy from the upper ring comes and is like, hey, do you want your own house and your own tea shop and shit? Like, <laughs> literally, I was kind of like, maybe they shouldn't. But like so far in the next episodes, nothing comes of it. So I'm like, maybe it was like- just... To be fair, Iroh's tea is bomb. It's almost like someone, like, working at a coffee shop, like, a shitty coffee shop and being, like, poached by a better coffee shop to be like, hey, come, like, they're really mm. big on tea there. So part of you is like, that sort of makes sense. But yeah. Part of you is like, mm, you yeah. serious? And, like, he mentions having ties with, like, the king and shit. I don't remember who exactly he says, but he says something about who he has ties with and you're like. Yeah. Literally, I was like, that's oh. super sus. Um, 
also, not only does Aang, like, when the person knocks on the door, not only is Aang like, oh, that was quick, because Katara is like, you must be patient. And then he sits there for two seconds, someone knocks, and he's like, patience pays off. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, sure, Aang. It's like, bro. <laughs> fucking guy. Um, yeah, Toph going, let's break some rules was just That awesome. fucking made me laugh. And then just blows a hole on the side of the house. Like, woo. <laughs> yep. Um, when Judy goes there, um, you can, like, clearly tell when she's like, you are forbidden from posting, yeah. blah, blah, blah. She's I like, was like, stop doing this, blah, blah, blah. And Aang's like, no, dude, like, stop. And she's like, you are forbidden from doing this. And you're like, oh. And they also, like, show her pupils. Yeah, go, they, like, like, get really, like, huge. So I was like, oh, yeah, she's mind-controlled. Yeah, you, you mind-controlled. Um... Also, Toph realizing that Jet is not lying is super, like, daredevil. Like, she's, like, there's a biological change in, like, your... That you can't control. Yeah, and, like, your heartbeat or whatever when you lie. And, like, she used the vibrations from the ground to feel his pulse, which mm-hmm. I was like, hot damn. That like, is she's so, so cool. sensitive to it that, like, she can feel it like that is yeah. crazy. And it's just, like, daredevil, which mm-hmm. is, like, one of my favorite things about daredevil. So I was like, that's super cool. Um... Stop me if you have, like, stuff before this, but... Not really, no. Uh, when they're in the warehouse, when Jet brings them to the warehouse, and there's that guy that Oh, my God, the old man that just, like, complains. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, of course that guy was there. I've been sweeping up this hair for, like, two days and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, they're talking about going to Whale Tail Island and, like, whatever. And the guy's like, I'll come with you or something like that. Or, I don't know. He says something. And they're like, can you just stop talking? And he's like... Oh, I, you guys just get to Little Island. Oh, no. I wrote it down. He was like... Yeah, I get it. No more need for old Sweepy. And just, like, squawks <laughs> away. I fucking died. Oh, my God. Um, Zuko with the blue spirit. He was so smart in that scene, though. He really was. Because he, like, ran. I remember now he ran past a guy and was, like, I don't even think he said, excuse me, he was just, like, move or whatever. And yeah. the dude saw him and was, like, huh. And, like, chased after him. Uh-huh. And then, like, that ended up being Zuko's whole thing. And he, like, trapped him and was, like, listen. Yeah, like, he had set up another, like, mannequin with the blue spirit mask. And then the guy, like, basically chopped his head off and stuff. And the guy was, like, oh, what? And then Zuko came up behind him. He's, like, if you don't want to end up like that guy... Like, you, you tell better me what tell I need me. To know. Yeah. And he's just like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was like, fucking good on you, Zuko. He's a smart guy. Mm hmm. Um, Iroh telling Zuko to look inward instead of chasing a destiny that's not for him anymore. <sighs> and like, there are those moments where like, like Iroh's usually like, oh, like Zuko, you know, you need to try and be better. But like, there's moments where he's like, Zuko, please, like, literally begging you to try and look for something that isn't this. Like, this isn't what you want. And I feel like at that point, you kind of know that he's speaking from experience. Like, he thought he wanted to be a conqueror and everything. And then he was like, fuck, like, this isn't the actual destiny I want. Mm-hmm. He's just like, just do what you want to do, yeah. my fucking poor nephew. And he's like, if this is really what you want to do, I'd leave you alone. But, like, I can I tell. I don't think it's what you want to do. Like, yeah. you're conflicted every time you do it. So, like. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when Jet is basically lying there like incapacitated and then Katara tries to like see how he's doing and like almost heal him. She's like, Oh, this is not good. Yeah, She's like, this isn't good. Yeah. And like the freedom fighters are like, you guys go like whatever. We'll stay with him. Like he's our friend or whatever. Um, Jet's like, yeah, like it's, it's cool. Like leave me. I'll be okay. And then they walk away and Toph's like, he's lying. Literally as they walk away, Toph turns to them and she's like, he's lying. And, and they're I- just like, and they have to keep going. Cause like, what are they supposed to do? I have in all caps. Oh my God. Did Toph really have to say he was lying? She, couldn't she have just kept that to herself? Right? Like, and then I'm like, so does that mean he's going to die? 
I think at that point it means he thinks he's gonna die. Like he I mean, doesn't fair. actually think he's okay. It's kind of like interpretive, but like at that point it implies that like he's not. He's probably okay. not gonna be okay. Like, and I don't love that. No. Um. And then I just got really happy about Appa coming in to save the day, as he always does. Yeah, and like throwing the guy, you're like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, Zuko actually making the choice to let them get Appa. Why do I always do that? Appa. Appa. Garage. <laughs> um, and putting the blue spirit mask in the water mm-hmm. is like, god damn. It's a big deal for him because the blue spirit has been kind of an undercover thing since like season one. Yeah. So. It's a huge deal. Yeah. All right. Chapter 18. The stupid Earth King. It's just called the Earth King. I just think he's stupid. Fair. <laughs> uh, so Sokka convinces the group to still try and talk to the Earth King and fly back to the palace after they have escaped. After a little bit of discussing, they decide to eventually go back. Uh, they are promptly attacked, and a sick earthbending heavy fight ensues. It's crazy. Katara apologizes to everyone as they pass them and, like, wreck them up. She's like, sorry, we just really need to speak. So sorry, I just, you know... Um, there's a part where they have to cross a bridge and seeing Katara and Aang both freeze water. Cause I'm, I'd have to watch it again. But when I watched it for the first time, it looked like Aang froze the water with air. Like it didn't look like he water bended it to freeze. It looked like he shot air down and it froze the water. And I was like, that was kind of cool to yeah. see them both do it so differently in like, yeah, that was really neat. For sure. Um, basically they just kind of blast through everyone. They're apologizing the whole way. And it's super funny. They get to the pyramid and once again do that earth elevator thing. They just make a rock and start sliding up I know. the pyramid. And I'm like, so fucking brilliant. Why do you guys care about anything? Like, <laughs> rules hold no bar against you. Fuck off. Nah. Uh, and then they all start apologizing to people as they blast up. Um, Sokka starts to frantically look for the right room while the group fights the other earthbenders and it's super funny because he just opens a bunch of doors. He ends up opening a door on some lady getting ready and like freaks out. Um, oh, that was a confusing sentence. I wrote Sokka says he doesn't feel right about letting Appa go and collapses and I was like, what? Zuko says he doesn't feel right about letting Appa go to Iroh and then eventually he collapses. Mm, that that, that's it. Um, Sokka eventually finds a super impressive door and assumes that it is the right door, tries to kick it open, fails, and then his pals bend the door open for him. And he's just like, oh, uh, Aang air bends and blows the fucking door open. And Sokka's like, could you give me a little warning next time? Um, they eventually meet the king and try to get him to trust them. And the king kind of like sasses them about trusting them and asks them to stand down because he's like, y'all just broke into my palace and like incapacitated a bunch of my guards. <sighs> Don't know how, why I'm supposed to trust you. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, fair. And they drop all their arms and they're immediately like put in handcuffs. Uh, the rock gloves. The rock gloves are so fucking cool. Yeah. The earthbenders have these gloves that are made of rock that they just like shoot out to grab people and like, ah. I at first didn't really understand how it works. I was like, somehow do rock benders like have air when it comes to certain things? Nah, but the then I realized they made were of made of rock. Yeah. So I was like, dude, that's cool. That'd be super annoying to wear any other time. But <laughs> As if you're an earthbender. Yeah. Uh, the group is captured and told to go to prison until the king realizes that one of them is the Avatar and Bosco the bear has taken a liking to him. This is the first time we find out that his name is Bosco and he's really cute. Mm -hmm. Uh, he decides to allow the Avatar to speak. Aang tells the king that the war, he, about the war that he straight up doesn't know about. Mm -mm. The king is 
dumb and a classic example of people misusing power that they don't necessarily have and doesn't really seem to believe them. There's a lot of back and forth of them trying to prove to the king what happened and that Long Fang is a fucking treacherous traitor. Uh, the gang eventually... Traitor. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the gang eventually proved that he has, in fact, seen Appa using the bite on his leg. The king decides to look into... The king decides to just look into what's going on, and the gang is like, mm, I guess. Like, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zuko is sick as fuck and really thirsty. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to the gang. <laughs> uh, the gang finds out that the king has never even been outside the palace. He has literally grown up here and never been outside. Um, and they decide to take him to Lake Laogai. It's gone, obviously, because mm-hmm. they're earthbenders and they can just collapse the tunnels. Don't know why they thought it would still be there because Lang Feng had time to leave and prepare, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they realize that the outer wall is still punctured by the drill and want to show him. He says no, but then they offer him a ride on Appa. And I mean, who's going to say no to that? Mm-mm. Zuko is having some crazy fever dreams of being Fire Lord. He's being harassed by two dragons. The blue one, which sounds like Azula, tells him repeatedly to sleep and to rest. The red dragon, who sounds like Iroh, tells him to leave before his dreams crumble around him. Um, oh, sleep, just like mother, the blue dragon says to him. Uh, and we are met by a quick vision of his mother crying out to him for help. The sleep, just like mother, got me so hard. And like, like the little shot of her just being like, Zuko, help me. And you're like, oh, God, like what? Yeah, I can't. Ha- and like. That's something that's so in the dark from us still at this point in the show that you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um, they go to show the king the drill, which looks pretty phallic at the moment, just lying outside the wall with a bunch of like white gooey shit spread around <laughs> it. Like they showed the shot of it and I was like, that looks like a poorly used dildo yeah. that no one bothered to clean up after, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um... They meet up with Long Feng, who tries to explain it away, but he is arrested by literally the guys that he helps manage, and they both exchange a very sketchy look between themselves before they arrest him, so, like, that's sus. Yeah. Um, the king is very remorseful and decides to let the gang basically freely speak and tell him what's going on because he feels bad about not knowing about the war, and the kids finally have the chance to tell the king about the eclipse plan, the day of the black sun, because it's the first time that they say it originally. Yeah. Um, the king argues that sending any soldiers to the Fire Nation at any point in time would make them vulnerable, and Sokka gives a pretty good speech about he's how he's already fucking vulnerable and ends up convincing him to take part. Uh, the king de- the king ends up deciding to support the war efforts. General Howe is introduced and says they have found something in Long Fang's office. Secret files on everyone in the city. General Howe is one of the five council people. Um, secret files on everyone in the city. Aang finally gets the letter back from the guru that was tied to Appa's horn. Um, Toph receives a letter from her mother, and Sokka and Katara receive a war report saying that they know where their father is. Um, Zuko is literally and metaphorically being poisoned by his own image of himself, and Uncle Iroh is the best uncle ever and just continues to try and encourage him to get through it. Mm-hmm. So sad. Um, we come back to the gang discussing the letters and information that they got. Uh, Toph's mom appears to be in the city and Katara suggests splitting up, which don't split the party. Mm-mm. Never split the party. You no. all go together to investigate the leads. Don't split the party. 
So they split the party. <laughs> um, as they're leaving, Aang tries to tell Katara how he feels about her before they leave, and Sokka cockblocks him as he typically does. Hey, I said, God damn it, Sokka cockblocked Aang. Yes! <laughs> Uh, and suddenly the Kyoshi warriors arrive. How great. Mm. The gang share a really cute group hug before they separate, including Sokka in the hug. Uh, Zuko awakes in a dream and sees himself as the avatar. He then awakes again, uh, finding comfort in his scar, which is a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is then revealed that the council is, oh, it's revealed by Dai Li agents to Long Fang that the council is loyal to the king, but the Dai Li remains loyal to Long Fang. Toph goes to find her mom and is immediately captured in a metal box by those shitty mercenaries because she can't bend metal. Mm -hmm. Um, the boys, Sokka and Aang, have like literally five happy seconds on Appa and they're like, wow, everything's looking up. And then we shoot back to the Kyoshi warriors in Ba Sing Se meeting the king. And the second that the middle one talks, you just like, I don't know if you felt it, but like that pit drop that's like, oh no. Because when they said the Kyoshi warriors were here, you're like, oh, that means they won their fight, obviously. No, because I felt it before Azula spoke, and I'll tell you when I did. Later. When they said when they say Kyoshi warriors, I was like, oh, yeah, weird that they got there. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, but then they show that Azula, May, and Tylee have taken the Kyoshi warriors' outfits and makeup and are now masquerading as them with the king. Yeah, and that's where that episode ends. Yup. <laughs> um. Okay. So. The Fire Nation fight was sick, sick at the beginning of the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved when the gang was captured by the Earth King, um, and they're all in, like, rock handcuffs, basically. And then the king realized that Aang was the Avatar, and he breaks apart the rock cuffs, goes, hi, and yeah. then puts hi, the rock cuffs back, puts them back on. together. I'm like, that just shows that he's just being compliant. Yeah. Like, he could fuck everybody up. But he's just not. Right? Um... Bosco seems to like them was super cute. I love that Bosco likes him. Yep. Um, and then eventually when they uh, prove that um, Appa bit um, Fangly. Long Fang. Thank you. Um, when he bit him, it's funny because the king was like, well, that seems to prove it. And the gang cheers. They go, yay. And then he's like, but it doesn't like 100% prove. And they're like, oh. And he's like, but I guess I'll look into it. And they were like, oh, okay. It's acceptable, I guess. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of like mumbling that's like, oh sure yeah uh sleep like just mother sleep just like mother what yeah i can't handle that and the fact that it comes from like azula's <laughs> voice is like yeah it's real creepy. what do you know bitch yeah um i got super excited about the prospect of meeting katara and sokka's dad finally um and yeah when they mention about splitting up uh, hangs like we just got the family back together yeah <laughs> like appa just came back God. we're all together um and like you said don't break up the party don't break up the party but you know especially on like information that you haven't vetted yet right buddy i know you think he hasn't planted info there whatever yeah um 
and then so when Sokka after Sokka cock blocks Aang he starts like climbing up Appa and then the king someone comes to the king is like oh the Kyoshi warriors have arrived so we don't actually see them yet the guy just says hey these guys have arrived and Sokka goes oh my god Suki and the earth king's like what you know these people and they're like oh yeah they're like super cool like you can trust them no worries so that's why the king's like oh cool we'll treat them with like the highest honor they're your friends and I'm like no literally I wrote I was like oh no it's gonna be the fire nation crew not the ones from the Kyoshi island yeah it's rough um I thought it was very interesting that Suko dreamed as dreamed himself as the avatar so I think that comes from like and it's super cool because it's literally like a three second flash of a dream yeah I think it's because he like a lot of his identity originally was tied to capturing the avatar to restore his honor and then a lot of that dream that he had was just fighting with who he thinks he should be and who he is. And like, I think he mentions it later or something about taking comfort in his scar now because like he used to hate it and whatever. And now he realizes like, this reminds me of who I am and like what I've been through kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not sure why it's specifically Aang. Yeah. Like it could be anyone else, but I think it's just because his identity was so tied up in the avatar, the avatar for so yeah. long that he's trying to break from that. And then waking up and realizing that he's him is like, Okay, cool. That's kind of comforting. I just think, yeah. like, he just touches his scar and smiles, and you're like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Right. Um, also, when Toph gets captured, I had this moment of panic where I was like, oh, my God, all the letters were bullshit. This is going to be fucked. And then I was like, wait, the one on Ang's horn should be true. And then I was like, maybe Katara. And the other one was a war actually. report. I was going to say maybe that one's legit, but at least Toss was bullshit, which well, I felt. I think what it was, and I think this is just my assumption of it. I think what they were trying to do was send a letter to Toph because they knew where she was as the, her mother being like, oh, I've come to the city and like, I want to make up things. I just don't think they expected Long Fang to get in the way of that letter being delivered. So like, who knows how long they were sitting at that house waiting for Toph to show up. So you think the parents were actually there? No, I think the mercenaries like sent a letter to make Toph think that her parents were there and to meet up with her. Mm. Like, that's what I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that letter's bullshit. Like yeah. his, her mother's not actually there. Which makes me super sad because Toph was super happy about her mom possibly understanding who she was and like maybe connecting with her. And then she gets captured and you're like, well, fuck. Fuck. The worst. So, yeah, I'm glad that at least that one only seems to be, like, bullshit for now. But yeah. I just panicked and was like, oh, my God. Uh, okay. Chapter 19, The Guru. Um, I wrote Domestic Iroh making June. I'm assuming June is a typo. Like he was making juice or something? I don't know. He was being Domestic Iroh, and it was super cute. Fair enough. Um, Iroh is also super sauce of Happy Zuko because Happy Zuko, or Zuko wakes up and is like super, like his voice is really soft and calming and he's like, oh, uncle, like I'll do anything to help you, like blah, blah, blah. And Iroh's just like, um. I think it was soup because he put out a soup. bowl. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, what, what did I try and write here? Yeah. June. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Um, Sokka and Aang are on Appa and Sokka is super duper nervous to see his dad and he's so happy to see him. But like literally when he's talking, he's like, I don't know, like my stomach just feels weird, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you poor anxious boy. Yeah. Aww. Um, we go back to the king and Bosco's just being a cutie off in the corner. Mm-hmm. The note is literally just Bosco with some hearts. Yes. Um, the king starts to tell the Kyoshi warriors about 
how they're planning an invasion on the Fire Nation during the eclipse because during the eclipse, the Fire Nation's power is really fucked up. And it's brilliant how they show it because Azula's <sighs> eyes just like widen for a second yeah. and then go back. And, and you're she's like, like, oh, interesting. And you're just like, fuck, in two seconds. Two seconds. This king just clusterfucks their plan. Yeah. And to be honest, it's not even his fault. No. Nope. Because the gang was like, you can trust these bitches. Mm-hmm. So it's just like super frustrating. Yeah. It, the whole plot is just very like, yeah, this guy's stupid, but it's not just him being stupid either. Mm-hmm. Um, Katara is in the war room with the council members and they are discussing how the war is going to turn out. Uh, Newton wrecks, or sorry, Momo wrecks a war board like Newton, Newton wrecks a D&D table is the oh, thing. Because okay. I just, I saw him running around on the war board and I was like, wow, if that ain't akin to a cat just coming up and fucking up your D&D board. Love it. Uh, uh, to which Katara finds funny until the council members look at her and she's just like, oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. You're That's, not a group of children. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, sorry. Huh? You're a bunch of adults and I'm in a war room. Maybe I should act appropriately. Um, Appa and Aang arrive at the air temple and meet the guru, who I did not get his name. Um, the guru starts to tell him about how he's been waiting for him and how he was actually personal friends with Monkey Atso, which hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, he offers him a drink once he gets there. Aang drinks it and says, this tastes like onion and banana juice. And the guy says, that's because that's what it is. And you're Yummy, just like, right? <laughs> gross. Yeah. And this dude's like delicious, right? And Aang's like, no. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, thanks. Um, We see the mercenaries now traveling through a path randomly uh, with Toph, and they are lost and dumb and can't figure out their way back, and Toph tries to convince them that she has to pee. And then the one guy goes to let her out, and the other guy's like, dude, you're fucking stupid. Like, if you let her out, she's going to beat the shit out of you. And he's like, oh, <laughs> very sneaky. Yeah. Like, sneaky boy. Sneaky boy. Um... We flash to the gal gang uh, going over their plot. Fucking, I don't even remember what Azula says, but Tylee's just like, gosh, you're so confident. I admire that. And I'm like, Tylee is the ultimate bitch. Like, I love her so much. Yep. Uh, Azula basically plots to overthrow the Dai Li first because she knows if she controls the Dai Li, she basically controls the city. Yep. Um, the guru starts to talk with Aang about chakras and asks Aang what he knows about chakras. Aang is fucking clueless about what the hell a chakra is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guru advises that he needs to open the chakras to properly connect to the avatar state. And he warns Aang that once he starts the process of opening the chakras, he cannot stop. Um, I was only able to like vaguely write down the fears. I didn't get like all the chakras and like thingies together i guess i could have gone back through and found them but that's okay it's okay um so the first one he faces i don't remember what the chakra represents but it is blocked by fear so basically he goes through all the chakras he tells ang what the chakra is where the chakra is located what it represents and then what it is blocked by so this first one i don't remember what it is but it's blocked by fear and he faces fear with fire lord ozai and needs to just like accept that that is a fear that he has yep um, he is then working on the pleasure chakra, which is blocked by guilt. Uh, the guru asks him what he feels guilty about, and he sees that he's he feels guilty that he ran away from uh, his people and ended up causing the war, basically, and just all the people he's hurt, like when he airbend or sorry, when he went to the Avatar state in the desert and like almost fucked those people up. Uh, and he tries to get rid of the guilt that he feels about hurting those people because it's kind of inevitable. Mm-hmm. 
Sokka and his dad meet up and they're the cutest boys ever. Oh my God. They're yep. both so nervous about seeing each other. And Sokka is constantly like, like, I just want to do good by you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they're chatting for a bit. And Sokka's dad tells him about this invention he made called the sink and stink, which is basically like a sinking stink bomb. They both laugh at the name of it. And one of the waterbenders comments like, oh, you're definitely his son. Like, yep. fucking so cute. Oh, my God. Um, they hear that there are fire nation ships up ahead and the water tribe begins to get ready to go fight them. Uh, Sokka implies that he'll stay there and seems kind of disappointed. And his father asks him to get up and get ready to fight, which excites Sokka to no end. Mm-hmm. Um, Iroh is so fucking happy about his tea shop, the Jasmine Dragon. Mm-hmm. So happy living his best life. And Zuko's just like, I like, I'm just so happy for you. And yeah. I want to help this teach up. Like, it is such a cute moment for them. And mm-hmm. you're just like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. <sighs> Too bad happiness only lasts so long. Yeah. Uh, the fire chakra, because I finally wrote down what the chakra was. Nice. Is the chakra of willpower. And it is blocked by shame. And when he is asked what he is ashamed of, he is specifically ashamed of hurting Katara and never wanting to firebend again. So fucking cute. Which, like, I sort of, but also hadn't realized that he hadn't even tried to firebend since that happened. Mm-mm. And it's really interesting that that would he that's what he's, like, ashamed of is firebending and that he hurt someone with it. And the guru is just like, listen, man, like, I get it. But, like, if you don't accept that you, like, you are an avatar, you are a firebender. You can't not be a firebender. Mm -hmm. You just need to learn how to accept that part of you and, like, live with it. Yeah. The guru shit was super insightful and awesome. I also, sorry, I'll wait till the end. Okay. Um... Oh, he gives him a little bit of the the onion and banana juice again. And he's like, mm, tastes like onions and bananas and something else. Pickles? Yeah. And it's just like this weird little like, okay. Um, we see Tylee and May on the steps of the palace discussing basically what's going on with them being Kyoshi warriors. And we see the Dai Li spying on them to learn that they are not Kyoshi warriors. As the Dai Li leaves, Azula comes out from behind the corner and basically confirms that they knew the Dai Li was there and they were talking about it purposefully in front of them to make them know what was going on because Azula is the smartest bitch ever. Mm-hmm. Um, then we move on to the heart chakra, the chakra of love, which can be blocked by grief. And we find out that Aang is very much grieving uh, Monk Yatso and the other monks that he has lost. And the guru has this really insightful thing about how love is energy and energy, obviously, as we all know, cannot go away. So the love that Aang used to have for, or I'm sorry, the the love that the monks had for Aang now lives on as Aang loving other people. And it sort of transitioned to like Katara and Sokka and showing like that love still exists. It's just different now. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. Um, And then he comes out of that and Aang's just like, can I have some onion and banana juice? And you're like, oh, (laughs) my heart. Um, And then we go to the sound chakra, which is the truth chakra. And it is blocked by lies. Basically, Aang is like lying to himself about what he needs to do with his life. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the light chakra, which is the insight chakra. And it is blocked by illusion. This was the one I really liked. So he said illusion. And I was like, what right and then explained that the biggest illusion in life is that things are separate but 
realistically everything is connected and like they go on for a little thing like that showing that like all the things that they've done are connected with the rest of the world and you're just like oh okay mm-hmm. then we go back to the mercenaries and Toph <sighs> I love this so much <laughs> I love it so much there are so many random little comments made throughout the show about how metal is an element that nobody will ever be able to bend it's too strong they've tried before and they can't like it is repeatedly brought up that metal is not a thing that can be bent and toss just like oh yeah bet right like <laughs> well and these guys specifically are like yeah good try you can't get out of a metal box <laughs> and she's just like dumb men mm-hmm. i'll show you and then invents metal bending out of spite yep kicks the shit out of them locks them both in the fucking metal box and then takes off and then the one dude's like i'm gonna be stuck in here forever with you aren't i and then the other dude's like i have to pee yeah and you're just like and then Toph is also like fucking remember that i am the best earthbender there is yeah she's just like remember me like i am the best earthbender don't tell me there's something i can't do like mm-hmm. So great. And then she just takes off and you're like, yeah, fuck perfect. yes. Um, then Katara traveling through the city with Momo um, is like, hey, Momo, let's go get some fucking tea. And she walks into the Jasmine Dragon and is like, wow, this is I write it as Jasmine Dragon and Jade Dragon interchangeably. I don't know which one it is. I think it's Jade. I think it's Jade. Yeah. Jade Dragon. All right. Walks in the Jade Dragon is looking around like, wow, this is a really nice tea shop. And then she looks up and sees Iroh and trips and mm-hmm. runs away, which is totally fair. Yep. Um, She's like, I don't need fucking tea anymore. Let's go. Bye. Um, we then reach the final chakra with Aang, which is the thought chakra. It represents cosmic energy and is blocked by earthly attachment. Um, they use the fucking cave shot. To sh- oh, my God. I was like, what is this note? I don't understand this. <laughs> So he starts talking about... a little love montage. Yeah, he starts talking about earthly attachments and, like, obviously Katara is Aang's biggest earthly attachment and he's basically, like, freaking out. Well, uh, the guru explains, like, earthly attachment is fine, but, like, we need to understand that we need to be able to let it go. And, like, as he's explaining that, there's a bunch of shots of him and Katara being cute. And then he says you have to let her go. And it's the shot of them in the, the two lovers cave where the light's going out. And, like, just as the light goes out, Aang's like, wait. Like, I don't want to let go of her. Like, what do you mean? And freaks out. Um, three chakras ago was a good thing. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three chakras ago was a good thing. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, we go back to Katara, who runs into the palace to tell the Kyoshi warriors that Zuko is here. And that ends just about as well as you'd think, because Azula's, Azula's like, oh, oh yeah? Zuzu's here. Nice. And Momo is like, shoot, and fucks off. Mm-hmm. So Momo gets out, which is good. My note is, go, Momo, go! Yes. Um, Aang begins to see himself as the Avatar in the Avatar state and move towards it. But he, as he's about to accept his power as the Avatar, he ends up seeing a different vision of Katara being captured by the Fire Nation that makes him lose focus. He begins to run towards her and the path that he's on is destroyed and he falls back to Earth. Uh, He ends up... The guru tells him that if he leaves now, he'll never be able to open the last chakra. And ultimately, Aang chooses Katara slash his friends over the Avatar state. Um, Toph fucks shit up. (laughs) (laughs) 
don't particularly remember what that was. Mm, I don't know. Top fucked some shit up. Cool. I remember her, like, meeting up with them. But that was in the next episode. I was going to say, that's the beginning of the next episode. So I don't really know who she fucked shit up on. I don't know either. <laughs> um, Sokka and his dad have a conversation about Sokka basically saying that he wants to be able to prove himself as the warrior that his dad, like, is also. His dad uh, basically tells him he doesn't need to prove anything to him and that he already sees him as a very strong warrior because otherwise he wouldn't have left him back to protect their tribe. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very sweet moment between father and son. And then Aang shows up on Appa and Sokka is like, oh, like this can't be good news. Literally, they just make watery eye contact. Yeah, and it's like he just looks at Aang and Aang, like his face is like, we need to go. And Sokka's just like, sorry, dad, like I got to go. You're just like, oh, man. I don't even remember them saying it. It just shoots to, like, Sokka and Aang on Appa, and they just, Sokka and their dad from across the way, like, look back at each other, and they both, like, have I a moment. I think it's like, uh, Aang shows up, and he looks at him, and he's like, well, this can't be good news. Yeah. And then he, like, looks over at his dad, and his dad's just like, yeah, yeah like, go with him. Like, yeah. you, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Which is really nice that his dad recognizes that his kids are doing important shit in the world and need to go do it. And, yeah. like, I'm sorry, if the Avatar showed up and was like, hey, I need your kid, I'd be like, go. Yep. Go, go. Yep. Onward. Be safe. <laughs> yeah, be safe. Bring a jacket. <laughs> um, We are then shown Azula being brought to Long Fang and Long Fang basically thinking that he's tricking her into helping him. But, like, obviously he's a dumbass and she's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. This is all working out to my, like, shit. Uh, the episode ends off with Iroh receiving a message from the palace that they have been invited to serve tea to the Earth King. I want to scream. Yep. <laughs> um, so I didn't have too many notes about this episode. I just loved Zuko and Iroh's relationship in this They're episode. so cute. It was like finally a normal, like really close uncle-nephew relationship. It was super nice. Um, I was super happy for Sokka getting to see his dad A little bit so of time long. with his dad. It was cute. So great. Um, I got super sad that the day the Black Sun plan was spoiled. Instantly. Real rough. Um, and, okay, so now my most important notes. I thought it was incredible how Aang basically, like, the guru's like, so this is what this chakra's about. Tell me your feelings and do this to get out of it. Two seconds later, Aang would do it and he'd be like, cool, cool, let's move on. move on. And you're like, Jesus Fuck. Like, Aang just fucking tore through all those chakras until the very end, and then he's like, wait, 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 wait. There's a lot of, um, this doesn't really connect for you now, but the next series, Katara, she, like, grows up knowing that she's the Avatar. She's a very physical fighter, but she doesn't grow up the same way Aang does with, like, the monk stuff and, like, very spiritually connected. So Aang's issue is that, like, he needs to fight people and doesn't like to. Katara's issue is that she's not spiritually connected and, like, that's a whole thing for her. Mm. So watching this for Aang is like, yeah, like, that's who he is. He's always been very spiritually connected. He's like, oh, okay, I need to block this to go this way. Okay, fine. Cool. Cool. And, like, there's times where he gets up in his shit and, like, freaks out. But then afterwards he's like, I shouldn't have freaked out like that. Like, yeah. Sorry. And, like, you forget that he's, like, 10 years old? I mean, maybe, I was going to say, maybe a little bit older now, but, like, he's a baby. Yeah, he was 12 when he was told, and then I don't know how long it's been now since, like, they found him and stuff. I I know they only have two months until the fucking Black Sun, so, like... Yeah, there's that. Um, So that, I just thought, was really impressive to watch Aang go through that so quickly and, like, efficiently. Mm -hmm. Um, When Katara gets captured by the Fire Nation and Ty Lee goes up and, like, 
obviously like stops her from bending but then she's just like on the ground leaking water and i'm like was that because she was gonna water i think her her pouch fell because i think she was starting to like she had popped it open and was starting to pull it out and then she fell over and like Mm. i think the water i was like did they jab her and she just starts leaking water like horrifying i was like what the (laughs) fuck and like we watched it together and you didn't react and i'm like okay what the fuck okay this is normal (laughs) fine um Oh my god, and the illustrations they had of Aang, like, seeing himself in the Avatar state in, like, the space so sky. Cool. Beautiful. With, like, the cool, like, trail he has to follow, and then, yeah. like, he was so close, and then, like, that new path showed up to the other vision, and you're just like, oh no. Yeah, it was super cool. Oh no. And then, like, he literally falls back to Earth, which is really cool. Yeah. <sighs> Alright, chapter 20, The Crossroads of Destiny. Uh, I didn't even know that was the name of this episode until I went through and wrote them from the again but okay well so we start with ang and Sokka heading towards the city to help katara unaware of what they're heading towards just that she needs help they run into toph literally earth surfing and accidentally knock her over but then she gets on abba um we enter azula lecturing the dai li about her new role and their new role in the coup they are all very intimidated but like a little impressed uh ty lee is the most supportive friend ever because she's like wow that was like vicious and motivational look at you Mm -hmm. like just the best um oh this is where it is iroh approaches the castle as he's about to go serve them tea and reflects on how he always envisioned himself here but as a conqueror and not a tea maker Mm -hmm. that's what it was because he has fully realized his tea thing and now he's here and he's like wow like what a weird yeah weird turn of fate um, Toph and Sokka question Aang about his time with the guru. Aang lies and tells them it went great. <laughs> I could totally master the Avatar state now. <laughs> like, you guys should know Aang well enough by now that if he talks, like, whatever. Yeah. Um, Azula... Uh-huh. Oh, um, Iroh and Zuko show up to the castle, and Azula shows herself to the two of them immediately. Uh, a little back and forth happened. And eventually, Iroh asks if they want to know how he got the nickname, the Dragon of the West. <laughs> and Azula is all like, I don't want one of your stupid stories, uncle. And he's like, it's less of a story and more of a demonstration. Hops back the tea in his hand and then fire breathes. Actually incredible. So cool. In- I don't even know if the tea has anything to do with it. I think that was just flavor for the sake of it, but I feel like it must have something to do with it because I like, can't remember if he does it every time, because like that's not the only time that that happens. But I feel like for like fire breath, you need you some need kind of like hot, vapor yeah. or like something, right? So the tea would have given some vapor in his mouth to just go and it's yeah. like but not only that, he like fire breathes and, a like, window and shatters like, it. Yeah, it's nuts. Ooh. And like it makes sense because he's got the hot thing in him, but also his hot air coming out. Like, yeah, so fucking cool. Yeah. And I love how he's just like, did you want to know how I got the nickname, the Dragon of the West? <sighs> like, yeah, so good. Cute chase sequence. Yup. Um, Zuko and Iroh run away, but Zuko chooses to go back and face her. Uh, she says, what are you going to do? Challenge me to an Agni Kai? And he says, yes. And she says, no, thanks. And then they start to, they try to fight, but Zuko is eventually pinned with earthbending gloves. Um, Zuko is thrown in the same, the same Katara that prison is. (laughs) Zuko is thrown in the same prison that Katara is in. Mm -hmm. Um, while the team look at the Kiyoshi house for Katara as they are redirected by the king because he's stupid and doesn't think anything's wrong. 
Iroh finds them and asks for help. Ugh, there's a knock on the Kyoshi door and everyone's like, what? And then Toph is like, oh, an old friend of mine. And you're like, what? And then she opens the door and Iroh's there. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Way back when they met each other. Um, I also love that she can just like basically feel his vibration is. through the door. Yeah. Like, Toph just amazes me all it's the time. so, so crazy. Yeah. Um, understandably, Aang and Sokka are a little... Mm, about helping him. Uh, Iroh does tell them about Azula and that she's here and they end up deciding to work together to save them. Iroh pleads for the good inside Zuko to help him, basically. And Sokka's like, the good inside of him? What? Like, can we not have the good outside of him yeah. first? Like, fuck. Come back when it's outside, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Katara begins to berate Zuko and he apologizes. Um, but Katara continues to basically just go on and... Uh, Zuko tries to say that he understands and Katara's like, you have no idea what this war has put me through. Me personally, I lost my mother to this war, blah, blah, blah. And like, every time I see the face of evil, I see your face is basically what it gets to. Oh, wait, I think that's a bit lower. Doesn't matter. She just goes on about how she's lost a lot and like her mother died. Uh, Zuko apologizes again, but admits that they have that in common, that the Fire Nation took their mothers from them. And you're kind of like, what? But then you're kind of like, even if a Fire Nation person didn't directly kill his mother, like the Fire Nation as a whole was the reason that she died. Yeah. So. And literally Katara's like, what? Yeah. she Literally, she's like, mm, huh? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, Aang and Iroh head underground to look for everyone in the cave while Sokka and Toph go off in the other direction. Aang and Iroh have a great chat. Uh, Iroh tells Aang that he thinks he's wise for choosing happiness and love over power. Aang suggests that he's not sure he did because what if he's not strong enough to fight the fights that he needs to? Iroh basically just encourages him and says that he'll know the right way when the time is right. Um, Sokka and Toph arrive to find the generals being attacked already uh, and they run inside to find the Kyoshi girls with the king, which is great. Um... They start to fight the Kyoshi girls. Ty Lee starts to chase Sokka around and says, it's like they're dancing together. <laughs> um, eventually, Azula threatens to kill the king and they capture them all with a little Momo grenade. <laughs> and Bosco is sad that his king is being taken to jail. He's very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, the Dai Li and Long Fang come back into the throne room and he basically tells Azula that she needs to fuck off and tells the Dai Li to attack her, but they don't move. Longfang is very confused, um, and Azula explains that basically they're waiting to see who wins because they're shitty people, but they also understand that Longfang was their leader, but this bitch has come in and gotten way more accomplished, so they're just waiting. Yep. Eventually, Longfang bows, and I love Azula's lines so much. Mm -hmm. He's like, congratulations, you've beaten me at my own game. And she just says, don't flatter yourself, you weren't even a player. And you're just like, fuck! Yeah. Damn, Azula's, like this bitch. Azula's awesome. I love her so much and I hate her, but I love her. Oh yeah, like you love, you mm. hate her so much you love her. She's so strong and like just watching like a woman walk through and just absolutely annihilate these stupid fucks. You're like, awesome. And she's also still a child. Literally. <laughs> like. Like a child, like she's younger than Zuko. Mm-hmm. Messed up. Anywho. <laughs> um, Katara, oh, here it is. The, con- the conversation between Katara and Zuko continues Katara explains that for a long time when she pictured the face of evil, it was his. 
Um, Zuko starts to go on about, or she apologizes for that. And he says, no, I understand. Like, I used to think that I was doing the right thing. But now, like, when I see my scar, it's a reminder that, like, I'm still a person and I'm not just what the Fire Nation made me. Um, Katara then suggests that she could try to heal the scar with the special water from the moon spring. Uh, as they have this conversation, Aang bursts through the wall and is mad sus of what her and Zuko have been up to as they hug. Iroh was just super happy to see his nephew safe and sound. Um, everyone's getting a little sassy because, um, Azula shows up and, uh, sorry, Aang and Katara run off when Azula shows up and basically her and Iroh start to fight over, uh, Zuko. The lines between good and evil are definitely starting to blur a little bit more in the show. Um, Iroh gives a speech to Zuko about how he's at a crossroads in his life and he needs to choose. And we basically kind of see his dream take place in real life because he has Azula on one side and Iroh on the other side. Azula encouraging him to just like not rest like she was in the dream, but basically like this is the easy path. Like you can do this. You can be back with father, blah, blah, blah. And Iroh is like, you need to choose what you actually want. And, like, he's yelling at him. And it makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. And Azula's just like, well, like, I'll leave you to make your choice. And walks off. And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. Um, As they're arguing over Zuko, there's this really cool shot. And it does a shot of one side of his face while Iroh's talking. And it's the unscarred side. And then when Azula starts talking, it shows the scarred side. And it's just like. Ah, the imagery in it is so good. Definitely. Um, Toph eventually breaks everyone out of the prison. So everyone's chill now. They're like standing in the prison and they're like, is there anyone in the hallway? And then they're like, no. And they're like, cool. And then Toph breaks them out. And you're like, why do you think you can imprison these children? Yeah. Like you're imprisoning them in rock and stuff, whatever. But I'm pretty sure this is she metal bends the door. Right. Which is fair. I don't think they would have expected that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Toph breaks them out of prison. Zuko eventually chooses violence, which is very upsetting. We come into a room where Azula has found Aang and Katara and has started fighting them. Zuko runs into the room and there's a brief moment of like, who's he going to pick? And then he shoots fire at Aang. So the fight that continues with Zuko versus Aang and Katara versus Azula. Um... <laughs> Tylee, we go back to the throne room and Tylee is trying to teach Bosco how to do a handstand, mm-hmm. which is super funny. Um, all the Dailies show up and... Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I was like, why don't they show up? So all the Dailies show up in the fight. They are very clearly about to get like their shit handed to them. And Azula and Katara, Katara's hair is down now, which is great, mm-hmm. uh, are still going at it. And like, there's a moment where Aang sees that Katara like isn't doing well in the fight, but you see the thought cross him of like, I need to like achieve the Avatar state. I need to give this up. So he sits down and covers himself in rock and lets Katara go and begins to meditate and flexes and flies up into the avatar state and at some point in the scene i don't know if it happened to you because everyone it shows shots of like everyone looking at him but it doesn't show azula and you're like where is azula true and then like it shows him in the avatar state going up and then it's literally just like a shot of her hand with the lightning coming out and it hits him in the foot and travels up through his body and like you see 
the avatar like the big space thing like you see him fade away and die and again ang falls back to earth but like really scarily i was gonna say like when in the last episode when he fell to earth it was like his spirit was falling to earth he was just sitting this there time meditating. his body fell and like yeah. he fell to the ground and like there's that like oh my god mm-hmm. like what what just happened yep um so ugh, my brain is already like <laughs> i'm so stressed out yep uh katara runs up grabs him basically um, I can't remember if they try to heal them now. Mm-mm. No, no, no. It's after. Um, Iroh also like created a wave. Yeah, to, like get she surf like him. surfs over. Like you can tell that it's like a big like emotional like oh my god I need to get to him. And she surfs everybody in that wave. Oh I... yeah, it's like a big tidal wave that like mm-hmm. knocks everybody off their feet I thought it was to get like, over to Dope. him. Dope. Yeah. Um, gets over to him to grab him. Iroh comes in and starts to protect them while they run away, which is like. <laughs> um katara flies them up a waterfall basically which is so dope mm-hmm. um and then eventually iroh ends up getting captured and shares a look with zuko that says iroh's not mad he's just very disappointed which and like you can see the look on zuko like he feels bad for letting iroh down but also thinks he's chosen correct i don't know yeah um once they get onto Appa, um, Katara heals Aang with the water from the spring. It seems like he's still alive, but very much not doing great. Um, they flee on Appa with the Earth King, and basically they go back to like the Earth King uh, palace, and Azula and Zuko are there, and Azula's like, you've done well, and Zuko's like, I don't know, like, have I? And she's like, yeah, you have, shut up. Like, fuck off yeah uh and then as they're flying away the last line spoken in this episode is the earth king saying the earth kingdom has fallen and it's just like i wrote that quote down too yeah has fallen because that's a big deal throughout the whole thing that no one has ever been able to take bossing say and now they have yeah and that was azula's whole plan was to take over the earth kingdom so like Okay, so most of my notes are basically just clarifications, but that's cool. So, um, we talked about a couple of my first notes. Um, Katara trying to heal Zuko's scar, I thought was, like, a big deal because... It is. Like, not only, like, ten minutes ago was she being like, you're a piece of shit, I hate you, fuck you, like, you took my mom. And then ten minutes later, she's like, well, maybe I can heal your scar. I was like, damn, that's, like... Obviously, they had a heart-to-heart, and, like, she saw the good in Zuko. Yeah. Um, But I also thought it was funny, because she was going to heal Zuko's scar, she's, like, kind of close to him. Mm-hmm. So when Aang and Iroh come in, they're, like, close. And so they and all... she, like, runs over to Aang. Yeah, she runs over to Aang and hugs him, and then Iroh hugs Zuko. And as Aang is hugging Zuko, he, like, puts sus eyes towards him. He's just him. like, mm, what are you doing? What you doing, my what you girl? Been doing, girl? Yeah. Chopped down in this cave together, what you've been doing. Right. Uh, I just thought that was funny. Um, Katara is a badass bitch. Yeah, I just... She fucking wrecks. The fact that she can solely hold her own against Azula when Aang has issues. Mm-hmm. 
nuts definitely nuts ass bitch there's a lot of stuff in that fight that she does that's new too that you're like whoa and zuko he has got like he's got the fire whips now he's got a whole bunch of new shit the fire whips were the arms oh my god i just remembered that fucking katara like engulfs her body in water and starts going at zuko oh she was so cool she like engulfed herself in the water and extended her arms as water and started like fighting him with the fire i was like oh my god and he had like his fire whips out so they just both going at each other oh it was such a cool fucking fight yeah definitely um also i just wanted to clarify too so i don't remember if you mentioned this i might have just not heard you say it but when Sokka, Toph, and the Earth King are all captured, they're, like, captured by a metal door. So she, like, metal bends that door again, and she just, like, squishes it, it and, like, It literally looks it like it's, like, made of saran wrap, and she just, like, crinkles her hands on it a little bit to, like, pull it away from the frame and then just pushes it. And yeah. you're just, like... That was a metal fucking door. You knew how to... You figured out how to do that, like, yesterday. Literally. And she's already just, like... Yep, badass bitch. God. And they want to leave, and then Earth King's like, nah, I gotta get Bosco. Oh, yeah, that's why. I was like, why did they go back to Bosco doing the handstand? Like, what? Yeah, it's because the Earth Kingdom's like, I can't leave Bosco. Yeah. And literally, the Earth King, Sokka, Top, they all walk in, and they're like, ready to fight for Bosco. And then May's literally like, just take the bear. Yeah, because Tyler's like, like teaching him handstands or whatever, and they're like, we're not leaving without Bosco. And May's like, just take him. Like, literally, just take the bear. I don't, I don't care. care. Yeah, it's worse. Yep. Um, also, I wanted to reiterate, because I thought it was really cool, when Aang, like, makes that enclosure over himself to meditate, it's a crystal enclosure. It's not just rock. It's, like, straight up crystal. And he just, like, casually, like, boop! And I was like, wow, You can see that, like, moment of thought cross his head, like, fuck, I gotta do this. And he just sits down and is like, done. And you're like, okay. Yeah, amazing. Cool. Um... Iroh coming to save them is and, like, just holding the rest of them off while they escaped was like oh. he's like I'll hold them off as long as I can you need to get out of here and I'm like oh. and then Iroh. he just makes those disappointed eyes at Zuko yeah. and it's like oh. mm. um also something I wanted to reiterate too was the fact that Zuko's like you know did I do a good thing and Azula's like yes you did and he's like but what if father doesn't get my honor back and she's like you got yeah, your honor right. back today by doing that so and I, it's so hard to hate Azula because she's like, it like dad can't give or take away your honor. Like the work that you do shows your honor to the Fire Nation. And yeah. like, it's such a good way to think about it like that. But like, you're fucking crazy, bitch. She's a product of how she was raised. Oh, 100%. And like, it's, I f- definitely feel like Azula was taken after her father, who's a fucking crazy dickhead. And Zuko was very much trying to please the father, but mostly took after his mother, mm-hmm. who was very gentle and kind. So yeah. it's a tough go. There's also, there's a note that I completely skipped over. When Zuko comes into the room and starts, like, fighting them, Katara's just like, I thought you changed. And Zuko says, I have, and then continues to fight them. And it's just like, what do you mean? My thing was, like, I forgot about that, too. Um, I feel like in that moment... He was saying, like, yeah, I have changed. Like, I've realized that I do need to do this. I think that it's, like, I've changed because I've realized that, like, this isn't the destiny other people want for me. I want this, and now I'm fighting for it. Yeah. And that was the change that he saw. And it's just, like, ugh. It's rough. Also, can we just talk about how remorseful Katara would have been if she had healed Zuko's scar? And I mentioned that. He betrayed them. And then B, she also didn't have the water to save Aang. Yeah. Which I'm not sure if you actually went back and said that, but while they were flying away in Appa, Katara ends up. Yeah, she heals him with the spring water. Which is like, like, it's enough to keep him alive, but. 
there's still the whole thing about how if you're killed while you're in the avatar state that's the end of the avatar cycle yeah i kind of forgot about that until you just said that oh yikes yeah that's the thing and like azula knew it i i'm pretty sure they explained it later that like she knew that that was a thing and that she was trying to egg him into the avatar state that's just like kind of their their mo the whole time is that they know if they get him into the avatar state and can kill him while he's in it then yeah I also, like, wasn't expecting, I just wasn't expecting Azula to immediately lightning. It's very quick. Because that whole fight really drags out to, like, the precipice of it. And then usually the precipice is cool. And he's going Avatar State. Everyone gets fucked. They run away. Yeah. And, like, it barely gives you time to really realize he's in the Avatar State. And then it's just, like, lightning. And you're, like, what? Yeah. And then it shows Azula. And you're, like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? It's... It's actually heartbreaking. It's really, really hard to watch, honestly. Yeah. Especially because, like, Katara is so broken up about it. And, like, they're so devastated when they're leaving because, again, this is the first time ever that the Fire Nation has not only been able to get inside Bossing Say, but they've now straight up taken it over. And I totally forgot that that stops the Avatar mm-hmm. thing. So. Which I feel like now that also. Um, Zuko and Iroh have seen that. Iroh is, A, more disappointed because he knows what just happened. Mm -hmm. And, B, uh, I feel like Zuko probably feels a little relieved because he's like, oh, like, okay, maybe I did pick the right side. Because if I picked the Avatar, I'd be fucked right now. Yeah. But Iroh's like, you don't understand. Like, Like, it's not about, like, winning and losing. It's about doing the right thing. mm -hmm. And just Zuko has the wrong idea of the right thing, which Mm -hmm. is super sad. Yeah, it's rough. Um, you can tell that. Wow, you can tell that these episodes <laughs> were on another level because this is a real long episode. Oh my god, we might have to upload this in two parts. Maybe I think I'm gonna just export it as like the lowest quality. To we see. can try, but yeah. Fantastic Beasts. I'm pretty sure that was about 240. Also, so we might be like just just we'll, getting there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. But yeah, those episodes are really intense. You seriously need to watch them. Us talking about them doesn't do it justice, but I hope that us talking for longer makes you like, oh, shit's hitting the fan. And now I'm like, oh, boy. I'm really nervous for the next set of episodes. Uh I'm really nervous. And like from here, we're going to do eight episodes of chapter three. And then the next, I think it's eight or nine episodes of chapter three, because the finale is actually four fucking episodes long. And we're going to record that live. Yeah. Because those, us talking, there's the no finale, taking notes no. and trying to reiterate them. It's going to be live reactions. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. That'll be a super long episode. Probably. Well, it's four episodes of that. So it'll be like four, eight, 80 minutes, maybe a little longer. Yeah. About an hour and a half. That'll actually be probably a little shorter than us just talking about it. But, I was going to say it actually won't be as long, but whatever. We'll probably talk about everything afterwards and then make it long anyways. Hopefully not. Anywho. Yes. Bye.